Welcome back to the State of the Ark podcast. My name is Mike. My name's Kason. This is our continuing Xeno Gears story analysis series. Thank you for joining us. Before we get started today, a um, little bit of uh, housework on our end. Uh, we've been doing this weekly now for how many weeks straight? It's been four, four, four five. I guess by the time this goes up, it'll be like six. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> but uh, it's been going great. However, there have been a lot of people, I say a lot, I guess it feels like a lot to me because mm -hmm. anytime someone's like, oh man, what about this? It's like, uh, I get all worried about it. People are asking about, well, what about the Final Fantasy retrospectives and the, the video essay type videos and that sort of thing? What happened to that? Well, the podcast audience has supported us far more than anyone else. So we are now making the podcast is kind of the hero content at right, this moment, yeah, yeah. right, for them, because they showed up. Now, that being said, um, we do, and I am still working on that Final Fantasy retrospective series. I'm really, really working hard on the first episode right now. Um, it's, you can see if you were here, Kaysen can see. I can see it. I'm in there composing. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm doing an orchestration of the prelude that I'm going to use in the introduction sequences when they do the title animations. Oh, yeah. So it's going to play this little prelude that I'm creating of my own version of it. Mm. So anyways, that's, that work is going cool. on still. But um, the podcast is a lot of work, particularly for Xenogears. <laughs> yeah. There's tons of research and a lot more editing and things like that going into it. So... Um, here's what I've decided to do. Um, we're going to put up a new, I don't know what they call them, a, a goal, a stretch goal. Um, stretch, but it's just kind of It's called stretch there. goal on Kickstarter, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. it's a similar concept. It's just the next like milestone. Next mile, I think milestone yeah, is what they yeah, call yeah. it. So the next milestone um, I've set at 3500 per month. Mm. And that's going to be, again, between the two, between the subscribe star and the Patreon. Yeah, between right? both. If yeah. when they both add up to that number, then uh, we will hire an editor mm. who will edit podcast episodes so that I can focus my time on those other types of videos and you will start to see those more frequently. Yeah. Um, it will not be weekly quite yet, but at least once a month you will have a, 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 like a documentary style, you know, like heavily edited video essay, scripted out, you know, or, or, or like a retrospective or something of that nature once a month. So, we're still working on those, they just are taking a little longer because this content is now more regular and it takes a lot of work to produce this stuff. So, if you have enjoyed the podcast, if you have enjoyed any of our content and you'd like to see more of it, uh, hit us up on Patreon or Subscribestar. We hit that milestone and um, we'll get an editor so that I can get back to making that stuff uh, a lot more frequently. So, put that out there for you guys. Okay. On this episode, we played up to the, or I guess it was last time, we played up to the point where you get into yeah. the castle. Which Fenma. is so funny because as soon as the very next few steps you take after the end of our playthrough last yes. time, just some really big stuff happens like yes. right away. And that's why I, I stopped it right there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty So we funny. stopped right when you, right as soon as you enter the room where With Margie, Margaret, yeah. And uh, there's a save point in there. We said, stop there, don't play further. Um, and we kind of picked a weird spot for the end of this one <laughs> as well because there's another really huge thing that comes right on the back of that. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but uh, we played up through 
Nissan or Nissan or however you pronounce that. Um, and then the, the beginning of the sort of like coup that they plan there to get the kingdom of Ave back from Bart. They're gonna like take out Shakan. They're gonna distract ah, yes. certain forces. They're gonna distract. Apparently there's only three units for Ave and one of them's like just tiny. Yeah. And so they just need to distract one and it sends the other one out and then they're free to do whatever they want. Yeah. So we'll get to that and what that whole yeah. plan entails. But that's the point we're played up to for this episode. Um, I keep saying that I'm going to I'm going to tell you guys in some addendum or something where the next one is going mm-hmm. up to, and then I always forget to do that. But I have been pinning it as the pinned comment. So if you just yes. go to the pinned yes. comments, that's where I'm going to plan on telling people from now on, this is where you play up to next time. So if you want to know where to stop for next episode, just check the pinned comment, the very first comment in the comment section from us. Okay, so we grab... Uh, we grab Marguerite, and, yep, she, and she grabs... She grabs the pink dude, <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> I don't... Yeah. She, I, she, they didn't know either. They, they thought like, it was just, just a, a stuffed animal. Stuffed animal. Uh, but she grabbed it. Anyways, we'll yeah. get into that a little more here in a minute. But as soon as you get out the door, uh, Ramses and Miang are basically waiting uh, for Bart there. Yeah, they're right there. And so... Again, it's pretty interesting. I, I, I like the way they handle Ramses. He's, he's like this seemingly kind of more noble uh, guy. Like sure. he, he's yeah. trying to tell them, like, listen, yeah. like, we don't want to hurt anybody. Well, they've shown that. He's, he's nice to kids. He, yeah. he, he doesn't um, break his own rules to get what he wants. He seems relatively principled. Yes, principled In is a good word. Way, yeah. Principled more so than maybe... Yeah. Principled in a way that, like, Anton Segur from No Country for Old Men is principled. Is principled. <laughs> like, he, he will shoot you in the face, but he's principled. Yeah. In a weird way. Um, so, he, he's principled. He tries to, like, dissuade Bart from doing this. Uh, Bart says, no way. So, you end up having a fight there with Ramses. Yeah. And um, first round is, is Bart and, and Ramses. This is kind of an interesting battle because... It's the first time, I don't remember if it's the only time, because it's been a while since I played the game, but it's at least the first time where you have like companion characters that cannot be targeted and you cannot mm. control. So like but Miang, yeah, Miang is like yeah. aiding Ramses and Margie is aiding Bart, but I can't control Margie's actions. Yeah, that's true. And I can't target and She Miang. just kind of heals you, right? Yeah. You know, um, there's also a ton of dialogue, like, during the battle. Yes, it's almost like every exchange of hits you have is like, okay, more words, more yeah. talking, okay, mm-hmm. exchange a few more hits. It's just I, I like it when games do that, when they I get into too. battles and then, like, they talk back and forth and there's kind of like a, it's almost like a duel, right? So it's like yes. you have, like, a, an exchange and then, like, a, a, repri- a reprieve for a second yes. and then they, like, talk to each other or, like, battle wits, and then they go back at That way you're not just watching a cutscene. You're yeah. you're involved, you're engaged, and it's similar to in our last um, playthrough with uh, Nier, how Grimoire Vice was always talking to us during battles, and we were having banter and discussions, and it was a good way of giving a little more exposition, yeah. a little more of what's going on in the story, um, without us having to just kind of boringly sit through a bunch of dialogue. It was pretty good. Yeah. I was also very pleasantly surprised. I thought for sure... Based on the way that he was with, um, oh, what's the, sorry, the, 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 the very, not the very bad guy, the murderous coup plotter. who Graf? No, who runs, um, 
who runs the um, the desert? Shakan. Shakan, that guy. <laughs> the way that Ramses was with Shakan is um, it made me think Ramses was quite quite powerful, and that we didn't really stand a chance, right? So as soon mm. as he caught us, I was like, great. This is one of those game moments where you can't win. You're going to oh, fight right. him. And you can't win. He win wins. in the game, losing the cutscene. Exactly, <laughs> losing the cutscene, and then he takes it back, and our whole plan just failed. And I was I was pleasantly surprised that that was not the case. This yeah, time. it's actually really cool the way this goes down. Yeah, I liked it a lot. So actually. after the first round, Faye arrives, like jumps yeah. in, and, and he like drop kicks him in this. Uh, interesting way that really takes Ramses off guard. Oh yes, it's yes. a move he recognizes. And Ramses this is where... Is like, it couldn't is, be. Duck, we get duck, some duck. really good uh, foreshadowing here, right? So yeah. Ramses recognizes, or believes that he recognizes fate from somewhere. Yes. And I kind of copied down, he's thinking, I think it's in parentheses, so I think he's thinking this in his mind. Yeah, yeah. He says, he looks completely different and there's no response. Is it just my imagination? But that technique was indeed his. And then it, well, I guess we'll go into what he's talking about later on, but yeah, he, he looks different. Oh, that was weird to me, the, yeah. the, the way that he said he looks different, because mm. when we see flashbacks or throughout all of this, the imagination is telling me that it's, it's um, Faye's character, it's just him going back, and it might, it was like his younger self. That was kind of what I was mm. thinking with what I was seeing. Um, and there was that cutscene with it flashes to where Faye and shows, his father. Yes, and there's that red hair person didn't know who he was, and there, there's a weird thing going on here that almost seems to link Faye with that character, the red haired guy, because yeah. um, because uh, Ramses has kind of a flashback, like a, a, a flashback of some red haired dude like doing these Faye moves. Like kicking up and beating but up all like these people. But like barehandedly destroying gears. Destroying gears with his bare hands. Yeah, <laughs> something else. Like crazy, crazy, crazy. Really powerful. And so it's like phase. I mean, we're not. We're not yeah. there yet. Right. But I guess we're doing some of the similar stuff. Yeah, so not only that, I don't know if you caught this. Mm. This, this was my first time seeing this. In, yeah. As it comes out of that um, flashback, uh-huh. and the camera kind of moves back into, because it kind of pulls back a little bit. Yes. It moves back in to like the position where it hangs for like the battles. And yeah. for a second, that red-haired sprite flashes in front of Faye. I didn't notice that, I didn't see it. Let me show it to you just so you've oh, seen it Oh, that's great. What's more, the name Faye, where have I, and then there's a quick flash to white, and he, you just see Faye, that's my child's name. And then it comes back in from white and the camera moves after Ramses goes, oh, he like realizes, and then you see the red-haired wow. guy Right before we kick the crap out of him. In front of Faye, and then Faye finishes him off, right? That's crazy. So he forgot that he had a son? He forgot the name of his son? Are you talking about Ramses? Yes. No. It's weird. No, I no, think, no. We're, I think we're fighting for a long time, and he's like, where have I heard the word Faye before? Like, if your son is named Faye, no, you no, don't I, have to think that. I don't think that that, I think he's remembering someone saying my name is, my child's name is Faye. Not that he himself had a child named Faye. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it's flashing to white. Oh, that ruins this whole playthrough for me. <laughs> I thought that's our dad for the, the you thought this Ramses whole, was yes. his father? Yes. No, no, no. He's, he's got gray hair. He's old. He seems old he's got gray hair. I don't know. And this whole past, like, several hours of playing, I was like, oh my gosh, Ramses is our dad. 
Sorry. Oh my gosh. Well, so so how did aside I, from you've played this game before? How no, how would you know I, based on what we just saw that he okay. was listening to someone else? This is something I want to bring up because this is this is it's just interesting to me how people can read something so different. From I am really literal. <laughs> when I read things, I interpret it yeah. very literally, and I, I that happens. This happens to me a lot, is what I'm saying. So <laughs> in in our near playthrough, right? I yeah. made the assumption that the wolf shade was a fusion of the the original owner of the dog and the uh, dog soul okay. together sure. and that in that scene where the where the where he dies and like the the owner's and you like see talking the owner to him, there. I I interpreted that scene as being a separation in death of the human oh. soul from the dog soul okay. right and based on what I understood about the world of near at the time mm. right uh, uh, many Shades can fuse together into yes. bestial forms. Yes. So, like every other beast form shade that you fought mm -hmm. was an amalgamation of human souls, but they were still human. Right. Right. This particular instance, that dog is just a dog shade. Okay. A, a shade, or, or a dog that was turned into a shade, not a human turned into a shade that fused right. with a dog. Oh, sure. So, that I interpreted it that way, and there was someone in the comments being like, uh, it's really obvious that it's not that, <laughs> and it's like, but it isn't because the scene is actually pretty vague, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just funny to me that that shot right there, as it flashes, like I've I've never thought what what you got out of that, but I can see why you did. But it's flashing to white, and my intuition, I guess, was just like he's remembering. A voice. He's mm. remembering someone saying it, but they're not showing it because they don't want to give away who his father is. But you took that as he's remembering, or had maybe had retrograde amnesia well, he, himself and forgotten. It literally <laughs> says, "Where have I heard that name before?" My son. My son's name is Faye. Something like that. Yeah. How else? How did you not? I, I just. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It, it's. It's interesting. Now there is one thing that when he's talking to himself, it's in parentheses. And then when it flashes to white, there's no parentheses. Yeah, so he's not. It's not thinking. So it's yeah. not him thinking. I I can see that now. Now that I know to look for some reason for why that might not be him. <laughs> now I can see that maybe okay, there's no parenthetics. Okay, but um, this has happened to me several times in this game already, <laughs> where I'm thinking, oh, the guy told me not to go in the desert because alone because I might die. But it's like no, he told us that Satan would die, so we should go in the desert. Yeah, and. Um, I, I reread that again, uh, and I just I misinterpreted. I read it wrong because yeah. he says specifically, "Your friend, you let your friend go alone." Like, okay, all right. Um, but I can't remember the others. But there have been several times where I have misinterpreted very much so uh, the intention here. Who else out there <laughs> <laughs> misinterpreted what we just saw and thought that he was uh, Faye's father, even for a little bit? You have to admit it, just for a little bit. Uh, we'll, see. we'll see. I don't know how people. old he is, but he has gray hair. Ramses has so. gray hair, but don't worry. Like, I don't want you to feel like, oh, shoot, like, that's ruined for me. Ramses' connection... myself. Ramses' <laughs> connection to Faye is still really a really big reveal. And okay. it's still something that's really important to his character arc. Like, Ramses' feelings towards Faye are still really important. Okay. It's just that he's not his dad. It's just he's not his dad. <laughs> yeah, I thought I had this whole game figured out. Okay. So, um, 
you beat him up and you start to, uh, or the, the party, oh, the, the weirdest part <laughs> of this whole scene is like the escape plan, right? When, when you like get him on his knees and, and it's like, okay, like now's our chance. And Margie steps up and a bunch of rats come like running in. <laughs> I was like, I have to be seeing that wrong. That can't be right. Yeah. She like unleashes the castle's rats she... to like distract them so they can run away. She, like, what she the fetch? Very powerful. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know uh, what though? I have to say, I have to say going back. Um, now this is just me being confused, oh, but okay. I do have a thought. Do real quickly. So, so real quickly about Ramses, right? Uh, there's some extra dialogue here that, that I can, now that I'm reading it, uh, maybe I can see even further why that sort of became submitted. Uh, that he was the father. That, that's why you thought that? Yeah. So Faye, that's my child's name, right? And then we see the, um, that red character uh, essentially like flash in front of him. Mm. And then Ramses says, is it him in quotations? Same way that Saitan referred to, oh, if he emerges here back in Lahan. Right. right? Oh, is it him? Or do I only want to think so? If it is him, I I am, and he's getting all nervous. His father. No, but then, I, then, then it flashes, then it flashes again. Father. It flashes again. Yeah. And it says worthless a region. Yes, because he because he didn't recognize his own son. I just totally, <laughs> totally read this wrong. I am worthless, I'm a reject if this is him, because I didn't even recognize him. Ramses right in front of me. is right a there. very important, he's like the leading commanding officer yeah, of the Gebler, yeah, right? yeah. So he's reached this sort of level or rank. Yeah. And so the emergence of Faye is leading him to feel like, uh-oh, if it is him, then I'm worthless. worthless, I'm a reject. That's weird because he thinks very highly of himself. Yes. So for him to say he that, that is something else. He feels personally threatened by yes. phase if this is him phase existence yeah then he's threatening my position he's threatening my existence he's threatening mm. my value as a person well and as we learn later he has a goal he's trying to um like control his people into doing certain things a certain way yeah because of how he was raised and where he came from right it's a little bit different and so somehow Faye kind of gets in the way of his plans or something like that. Yeah. I just can't inter I have to reinterpret it on the fly now because <laughs> I read it completely wrong. <laughs> Don't worry. That's so funny. Don't worry. There's a lot more to learn about Ramses and Faye. Um, but I did not think that Myung, Myung? Myang or Myung, Myung yeah. Was, was Faye's mother. I didn't think that at all. Yeah. But I did think Ramses was funny. Okay. Um, so then, yeah. <laughs> Margie with the freaking rats. Yes, yes, so great. <laughs> okay, whatever. Oh, but I did I have one thing to bring up, though. The, the red-haired... So in our flashback where we saw our father, and he was like, I'll never let you have him. And then there's the red-haired person, yes. and then there's um, Graf. We are in that cutscene, okay, okay, and actually, we are there. We are watching this from a distance. Okay. Like, Faye is there watching. Yes. He's there. <laughs> Okay, but hold up. Now, now, now I'm, 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 I'm actually further curious. So you saw Faye's dad in the scene. I remember now in the last yes. podcast, you were like, yeah, that's his dad. He's got like the mustache and the dark hair. Yes. But how did you think this threw Ramses everything off now? Him, I guess. 
oh my gosh, you're totally right. But he, okay, you're right. I don't know how. I don't know how. That's a very good question. I don't know. Because um, we didn't, saw I didn't think that before. at all. So I guess I would have done away with that cutscene. And mind, just I like, would have said, he just said he was his dad. I mean, there's <laughs> not, like it was clear as, as day. The, I, the way I, that the text. I wasn't questioning anything else The way I'd that the seen. text came out. It just kind of flowed in a way that yeah. made you feel like but, Ramses was saying. Yes, but at the same time, this is a memory long since passed, right? Yeah. He didn't even remember his own son's name. So in my mind, it was he, he, he had a kid, and then the kid was at a very young age taken away from him. Mm. So that who Faye thinks was his dad maybe not wasn't his real dad. Okay. I mean, that would be a way that I would explain right now, but I actually didn't even think of that before. But I, it didn't, make it, it didn't make, have an issue in my mind because it, it's clear that... Um, Ramses has not been Faye, around Faye for a very, very long time. Sure. And so it didn't, you know, it, was, it just made sense that if Faye was adopted out earlier, that that would have been who he thought was his dad. But even still, he's in there. So this guy is seeing, seeing the red-haired guy with Faye, but Faye was seeing the red-haired guy with his dad. And the, the connection is that Faye, in some way, is the red-haired guy, but Faye and the red-haired guy were both present in the anime scene yeah. where his dad is there. So they're separate. <laughs> like, they're, they're different. And so, but anyways, it does also bring back um, what Satan said towards the beginning with the music box where he says that there's somebody else, like, inside of us. But I don't understand because we were both people at the same time in the same spot, as far as I can tell. So... There's something weird there, but somehow it's coming together. We like merged slowly but surely. Somehow we merged together. <laughs> slowly but surely, it's coming together. The pieces, the puzzle they, is they don't feel like they're coming together. The pieces are on the table, <laughs> and they're getting further apart. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> in fact, you know what? I just connected two pieces that weren't supposed to go together, and so now I'm like, where does this fit with the rest of the puzzle? But they almost they fit perfectly, but they don't go together. They don't go together. Like the piece snapped, but it was like the yeah, pictures. Yeah, the didn't jig align. cuts were perfect, but the picture—it's the wrong picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you run away from a bunch of dudes, uh, soldiers, um, Gebler people. Yeah, we get uh, away. We totally yeah beat Ramses. Like he he is not as strong as I thought he was. Yeah. And he can't keep us there. He even goes and tells his people, he's like, don't let anybody leave, but we're totally, like, we're gone. Yeah. But before uh, we're able to get out, you bump into Ellie. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, Bart's very suspicious, like, how do you know this person? And we do um, find out later, at least in part of why, he's suspicious of everybody, especially yeah. people of Ellie's group. Mm -hmm. But... He also says just a little bit later, he says, yeah, I saw like a, a, a drug, the drive drug, which we saw in the yep. last episode. He's in like, yeah, it was, it was just right there on the desk. He just says it like nonchalantly. Yep. But it's like, he, he has many reasons not to trust Ellie. You know, he and among those reasons is that Ellie is like, don't trust me. <laughs> 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 She's like, you're my enemy. Basically, and, yeah. yeah. She's obviously struggling because she... Clearly, clearly. She... Yeah. And this kind of goes back to the, the conversation that Saitan and Ali, Ellie had at the, at the fireside back in the Black Moon Forest, right? Where mm -hmm. um, she basically says that she and Faye are the same, right? She, she, yeah. she, even though she's, she, it comes from this society where they view lambs or mm -hmm. surface dwellers as like, like subhuman or something yeah, like yeah. that, right? She saw that they were the same, that she's not better you know, than him. 
and, yeah. and he's a lamb, and so she, she's having that epiphany, or at least she even mentions that her father had, you know, compassion for right. surface dwellers. Right, kind too. of raised her that so way. So she has yeah. some of that in her family already. Mm -hmm. But Saitan was, uh, you know, he made a point on that, like, that's not common, you know, in your country where you come from, that, right, that people yeah. can see what you're seeing right now. And so she cares about Faye, she's conflicted about what her country is doing <laughs> to surface dwellers, or at least the way that they uh, view them and treat them. But at the same time, she's in the military, and military is all about discipline and following mm. orders, and there's very heavy oh. consequences for not doing so. Although her her regiment of troops that she's in charge yeah, of, they don't want to listen to her. <laughs> they are the least disciplined, the most like non-militaristic type people yeah. in the world. It's, it's it like it's kind of like a horrible. almost like a special forces or like a certain squad. Yeah, where they're like allowed to be a little more. And like they're rough. a little cocky. They're kind of yeah. like elite, you know. Yeah, because uh, it's like, what? I'm, I'm the best here. What are you gonna do? Don't and she's me. young, so like they don't mm -hmm. respect her, right? She's younger than all of them. Yeah. Um, but anyways, she decides to help. She pulls them into her room and lets them hide. I kind of liked because I was listening to headphones how the footsteps outside it sort of pans from yeah, right I'm, to left. Yeah, I'm using headphones too. And yeah, they're, just a they're nice using little, that pretty heavily. Nice little sound effect to to get that they're, yeah. they're moving around outside and they're like listening through the door. And then they, they're gone, and it's like, okay, we can get out now. Um, but there's some really good dialogue in there um, between Ellie and Faye. In fact, let me pull it up, because I forgot to copy some of this down. Mm. But, because um, uh, Faye more or less reveals that he knows that she was responsible for what happened at Lahan, right? And she yes. was, she's like, because he's like, I listened to, to you talking to Satan. Yeah, okay, it sounds like they've gone. And then Bart, Faye, can you explain to me how you know a Gebler officer? He says, well, and then Bart's like, I don't want to know where you met her, but no matter how you look at it, she's a Gebler officer, not an enemy. Where do you get off saying that? Bart's like really upset. Yeah. And then Ellie basically reveals, you know, what her uh, rank is and everything. I'm uh, yep. Special Forces of the Sacred Empire of Solaris, also known as Gebler. I'm Lieutenant Elihem Van Houten, or Houten. I would pronounce it Elhaim. Elheim uh, Van Houten of the yeah. Ignis Army's 3rd Assault Division. And while returning from a mission to capture the newest model gear from a Kislev military factory, I was attacked by pursuing Kislev gears and crash landed in your village. And Faye is quiet. She says, I wanted to tell you, but I just couldn't bring myself to when I heard what my crash landing in your village had caused. I couldn't tell you. And that, that's where Faye says, I knew. And she's like, what? And, and uh, he says, I overheard you in, uh, talking with the doc. So while they were talking at that campsite, yeah. he reveals, he had already revealed that he woke up partway through the conversation yeah, or something. It sounds like But the it whole, sounds like he heard the whole the thing. The whole time, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then she's like, well, then why? And he says, it was all my fault, but I lashed out at you with my own feelings. I'm sorry. So this, this remember, Graf did this too. She and Graf both told him, like, you know, this is typical of you to try to deflect blame. Yeah, yeah, and to not accept responsibility for your own actions, right? Even here, now that he's given the opportunity to yeah. accept that the fault was hers, he still accepts responsibility, takes responsibility himself. Yeah, that's crazy. <clears throat> that means he's really kind of all, I wouldn't say he's come to terms with how many people he killed. He clearly hasn't come to terms with that, but he has come to terms with some amount of acceptance yeah. of responsibility for his own situation. Yeah. Uh, f um, 
Ellie's in a similar situation though. And so when he um, is willing to accept that blame, he, he in a sense takes that, um, takes the blame from Ellie and puts it on himself. Yeah. And th there's a religious parallel to this, which is Christ taking somebody else's sins and putting them upon himself. Sure. But Ellie, th this makes it so that Ellie no longer has the, um, well, because she's going through similar stuff. She needs to learn to take responsibility herself as well. Yes. And he's actually kind of denying her mm. of her being able to grow. So through taking responsibility, Faye has kind of grown a little bit to some extent, and he's matured a little bit. And Ellie needs to take responsibility for her part in things too, but Faye is saying, no, no, it was all my fault. And he's taking that from her, which relieves it from her, but it doesn't help her to grow to um, the next stage of where she needs to go, which is yeah. you know being more responsible and, and coming to terms with what she has done. But Faye doesn't yeah. know anything about that yet. Yeah, because we've, we've just seen little we've seen little sli uh, snippets yeah, of it. And she we'll see did even more snippets of it a little pretty, later. Pretty horrific. Yeah, um, but she needs to come to terms with it too. But yeah. Faye's kind of not letting her because everyone's taking that hard line against Faye, being like, "No, this is your fault. Take responsibility." But. Um, I don't know that anyone's really doing that to Ellie right now to push her to take responsibility other yeah. than herself, I guess. Right. So yeah, he says, just forget about it. You couldn't help it. You had your own problems. And it's like, and then she asks why he's with Bart. He's like, I'm cooperating with Bart and his crew. We came to rescue Margie, who was taken prisoner in the castle here. She says, I see. And then Bart uh, is like, wait a minute. Where do you think you're going? Because she, she no, she's going to the door. The yeah. You want to get out of the castle, right? In this confusion, you can escape through the launch door. Bart says, great idea, but do we really buy that? Again, he just mm -hmm. feels like, he feels like she's trying to trick him, right? Um, probably gonna turn us over to the bald geezer. Which is, it's a trick. On. And, and Margie's like, come on, she's not bad. Like, let her help mm -hmm. us. Bart's like, you're so stupid. Why are you guys trusting her? Um, uh, ultimately, like, Faye's like, yeah, I'm gonna trust her, right? He, he kind of makes the decision. He's like, yeah. A lot of you can jump off a cliff. Bart's like, I don't, I don't care. He's kind of pissed. Yeah. But she, she gets them out. She, she leads them out, uh, gets them into a gear, says you can, you can launch with this and you can escape. Um, and Faye tries to convince her to leave with them. Like you're not the type of person that's suited for a place like this. He says, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, come with us. She's like, and this is where she says thanks, but it's impossible. I'm a Solaris soldier. This is where I belong. I can't go with you. And the next time that we meet, uh, we'll be enemies. And she runs off. And yeah. then they yeah. escape. Now, um, <clears throat> this is another really big moment because Ramses and Miang are still pursuing. They're still yeah. trying to catch them, right? So they've got like a, like a regiment there and they're giving them orders. And as Ramses is uh, about to tell them, like to send them off to like go chase them, uh, me and get my wyvern powered up, right? I must pursue them. So his gear, wyvern, I think is the name of it. A wyvern, yeah. And then a soldier runs up to Ramses and like says something to him. Commander, I have a message from Hugh. Hugh, which we Hugh know from Sigurd. Is Saitan. Hugh is Saitan, yeah. Because Sigurd called him Hugh or Huga. Yeah, Huga. And then Ramses says, what? Stop the power up. Recall all the men back to the base. Wait for further orders. That fool, what is he, what is he doing down here? Ramses... Listened to Saitan's, I don't know if we want to call it a request or we want to call it an order or a command. It's not entirely clear. Yes. But a soldier 
came with a message from Saitan, and Ramses listened and to him. And Ramses, the highest <laughs> commander in the... Listened to Saitan. Yeah, and he's like, oh, and he, and he, he didn't even question it. Nope. He's just like, boom, shut everything down. And he's like, ah, oh, you know, that fool, you know, he's frustrated by it. Yes, that, that, I think that was important. Yeah. Because at first, it's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? But Ramses is not happy about this. Yeah. So your initial thinking is, oh my gosh, Satan and Ramses, they're like teamed up. They're yeah. working together. But the immediate next reaction from Ramses is like, that guy's an idiot. I'm so mad right now, right? Yeah. And, but he did it. So there is some level of cooperation or trust or they know each other or they yeah. used to know each other. Mm-hmm. But Ramses isn't, they're not um, doing plans together, right? <laughs> they, Ramses does not know what Satan's doing. Yeah. But that is very concerning that he uh, just kind of jumps right on it. Yep, just an, another Although, on like, the pile. he's of... our father, so, <laughs> no, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, he is, you know, he, he may be, he's a conflicted character as well, Ramses, given the fact that, and it has something to do with us that's making him really conflicted in what he's seen in the past and what he's seeing right now. And Satan does kind of know some things as well. I don't know, it kind of, honestly, instead of making me think that Satan was was bad, it actually made me think Ramses was not so bad. Yeah. Not as bad as we had been introduced to think. Yes. And kind of this whole sequence of gameplay up to this point has kind of made me think that. Ramses mm. is a very developed character. Sure. In the yes. very little time we've gotten to know him, he's very conflicted, he's very different. Yes. He's very, uh, he's a strong character, I think. He's, he's very a very strong game. character. He's, he's yeah. really, really good. He's one of my favorite characters in the game, actually. Um, a fan favorite, too, I would say. Oh, really? But um, in any case, uh, this just add this on to the pile of things Satan has done <laughs> or said that makes you go like, who is this person? I know, yeah. What do you want? He is like <laughs> way high up. In, he has connections in very high places and in very low places. It, it makes you always like, I, I guess the feeling I get, I, I mean, I know because I've played the game, but like right. in pretending like, I've not played it before, sure. and just reading try it at face value, and like yeah. try to like re-examine what would I think if I didn't know this kind of a thing. It's like, it's like there's all these things where I just don't know what to believe. Yes, of what Satan says. I think that's what they want you to think yeah. at this point. That's what the creators of the game they want you to think. I have no idea what's going on, when, but I'm intrigued, so I'll continue. When he <laughs> talks to us, when he talks to the party, when he yeah. talks to anybody, we've seen so many examples of him not quite answering the question yes, fully yes. or avoiding cert- saying yeah. certain things. And so it's like he's very careful about what he reveals to us. Yes. But he's clearly 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 yeah. high ranking here, right? Like or it appears that way. Direct communication and throughout the course of this playthrough, he does finally start answering some questions, which you would expect after a reveal like this. Yes, you would. You don't want to hold on to those questions in much longer. An explanation. You need something <laughs> quickly, and and the game does not wait too long to give you some of those answers. Yeah, luckily. So we'll get into a little bit of his uh, conversation um, with Sigurd, uh, but first, oh, we yeah, got, first we got to talk about Choo Choo here. <laughs> so you get right, you get back you get back on the Yggdrasil and you go down the hatch and the bridge door. This is weird. It's they're it's, like this stuffed animal's blocking our way. <laughs> we can't go past this stuffed I'm animal on I the can... floor. 
What do we do? Pick Someone else needs to pick it up. Or just step over it. It's maybe waist high. Yeah, I, I don't it was know. small. It grows when he becomes a person again, but it's tiny. It's this little thing. It's so weird, man. That is very strange. This game is full of like little weird things like that. Like the parts that I I feel like I remember you know, reflecting on the, uh, the game I played years ago are like all of these like epic moments and, and all of the interesting philosophy mm-hmm. and just it's so like, you know, intriguing and interesting yeah. and like, so, like the, this kind of tone to what you remember. And then there's like choo-choo blocks the door <laughs> to, to like, the bridge that, that they can't well thought through, was it? <laughs> like why? <laughs> <laughs> so weird. silly. Or like Dan participating in yes. the Ave oh, tournament. Which, by the way, Bart <laughs> asks us. Bart's like, hey, how'd the tournament go? And we're like, I guess you, I won. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. They don't say anything else about the tournament. It's just like, yeah, there's this huge, massive tournament the whole country does every year. And I won. <laughs> and okay, let's move on. Keep going. Yeah. It was like, oh my gosh, that was just another like very lightly glossed over thing. And Bart's yeah. like, oh, good job. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, Choo Choo sucks. I hate this character, but they yeah. can't get in because Choo Choo's blocking the door. So we got to go talk to Margie so Margie can move this thing for yeah. us for some reason. So you go down and talk to Margie. But it kind Margie. of followed us down to Margie, which is kind of weird. Right? Yeah. Uh, well, my memory is that it just kind of shows up. She doesn't go get it. I could I be think, wrong about that. I don't know if we ever see this. I can't remember it. if there's a point where she explains it, but on the wiki page, like the, the Xenogears wiki page for mm-hmm. her, uh, it says that she picked Choo Choo up in like a market or something. Oh. So like one of the Ave markets. So when she got kidnapped, she yes, had already she had, had, already had the, okay. the, and she huh. it, the choo-choo was disguising itself as a stuffed animal, and was uh, purposefully okay. like not moving, hmm. and so Margie thought it was a stuffed animal. And I was wondering if she, if Margie knew. Yeah, yeah, that's because so because she anyways. And when you go talk to Margie. Um, She's like, oh, that's why she has some really weird line, like, oh, that's why it felt so lukewarm or something like that. <laughs> and then like Choo Choo like declares its love for Faye. Yeah, and that um, like, oh, I said it out loud. The whole scene. I don't know what weird. to make of Choo Choo at the moment, but uh, make nothing kind of, of Choo Choo. But see, here's the thing: is that you can almost entirely ignore this character. I feel I'm telling you mm-hmm. to enjoy the game more. Just don't, just ignore Choo Choo as much as possible. Okay. But I think for me to make sure that I'm seeing everything that I can, I kind of have to, when talk. I can, like talk to Choo Choo or try to get the dialogue that Choo Choo says. But anyway. <sighs> okay. Like of, of this character archetype, right? This is the, uh, the Kena on FF9 or the Kate Sith in FF7. Yeah, the Jar Jar Binks. The Jar Jar Binks yeah, of yeah. Star Wars in episode tell. one. Right. That's <laughs> or the Meowth. Reminds me a bit of Meowth. <laughs> or Meowth actually. from Team Meowth. Rocket. <laughs> or um, let's see, uh, you've got uh, like Tatsu in Xenoblade Chronicles X, Ricky in Xenoblade Chronicles. Anyways, I think I've seen some of that. Yeah. That's that character type, right? Of all of those, they tend to be very hit or miss. It's like a, mm-hmm. you're either going to find this person extremely annoy- annoying and the, fa- the, the, the audience will reject that character yeah. like Jar Jar Binks. Like Jar Jar Binks. Or yeah. they will fall in love with them 
and just like, oh, that, that's such a charming character. For me, Kina almost has that effect. Yes, Kina's great. I don't know. Kina's not overwhelming, though. In fact, yes. she's probably, she, it, he, she, she, he, she is probably not in the game enough, actually. Yeah. I find Kina hilarious. Me too, very and much so. Yeah. I think Kina fits within like that sort of world that they've built, where yeah. they have hippopotamus people That's and <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Although in Xenogears World, they have yeah, we've got they have demi humans in this do too. Dolphin yeah. people. We'll talk about that <clears throat> later, but but yeah, that's true. The feeling of Final Fantasy IX was a little bit lended itself towards that. I, I think also in Star Wars, I feel like R two D two or R two D two and C three PO were meant to be that yeah. type of character as well together, or yeah. maybe just R two alone. But R two doesn't like talk much, yes. and so it's not. It can't be annoying. R two can't. He can't be annoying. Well, and R2 by is definition. also very useful. Very so much so. That's you, you, R2 true. R2 saves he has them a lot little gadget of times. for like everything. Yeah. yeah, and so like I think the key yeah, to making true. this type of character likable because Jar Jar was always useless. That's true. He had no point. He had no use. He at all. never like except had, he like accidentally killed like a bunch. Of, yes, but that felt and he also brought down the entire Republic. That felt <laughs> unconvincing. <laughs> Yeah. Because it was like he's too dumb, and he's how, also by how accident could he have doing been all a of this. Senator, I just don't. Anyways, right? Yes, he's that by is... accident pulling all this stuff, and it's like, oh, that's annoying. Yes. But if Jar Jar wasn't just a complete idiot all the time, yeah, if he was good at some some things where he could actually offer just like one thing. something. Yeah. Then I think that would go a long yeah. way towards making him a more likable character. I think that's a good point with R two D two there. And so R two is yeah. very useful. And so, yeah. for that reason, you like him. Do you do battle with Choo Choo? Does Choo Choo fight? Oh, fight. Choo Choo can fight in your party. Oh. You can bring, you can bring her along. i say maybe that's the difference with Kina. All right, well, we'll see. We'll see as the game goes. <laughs> see how this works. You, you'll see. You'll see more. <laughs> but anyways, this, this scene's really silly. I just kind of gloss over it because I don't like it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, you go back to the bridge, and Sigurd is there, and he starts to kind of explain a little bit about uh, what he knows about Ramses, right? And this yes. becomes an issue for um, for Bart later. Like you were saying, Bart is in this position where he feels like, how do I trust anyone at this point? Yes, even once, my own people. Once we learn about Sigurd, that throws Bart's world into a weird place. It's like yeah. even my own people are withholding information from yes, me, and yes. like I feel like I'm the one out of the loop on everything, and yeah. everyone else knows stuff. So, At the same time, Bart is very young. Yeah. So, but I guess that, that's how young people feel. So Sigurd is explaining who Ramses is to them. He says, it seems that Gebler isn't just after the excavation sites found around Ave after all, right? Just, not just the gear that the, mm. that the Jasper unlocks, right? The, the treasure, the Fatima treasure. It looks, yeah. like, it looks like Gebler's not only after that, is what he's saying. Yeah. And then Bart says, you mean they're not after the Jasper? And Sigurd says... If that's their only goal, they wouldn't need to send an important man like him. So they wouldn't need to send Ramses if the only thing they were after here was the Jasper and the gear that we suppose the Jasper unlocks. Hmm. So he's, he's hinting at the fact that they, they want something more if they're going to send someone like Ramses. So that's just kind of the catalyst for Bart's be, beginnings of distrusting Sigurd. It's like, how do you even know who yeah. Ramses is? Yeah. <laughs> and, and and once he finds out how they know, it's not helpful to Bart. Yeah. Bart, Bart, basically Bart just gets up and leaves. We'll get to that later. But yeah, yeah Bart is not, um, he, he doesn't feel like he knows. Because this, this was a thing. He says, Sigurd, I've known you my whole life. Yeah. Like, ever since I was little. Like, how... 
How did this never come up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, why did you hold this from me for so long? Yeah. Um, but then there's another scene when Saitan finally gets back. Like he, yes, he was and we didn't know. We were like, how did Satan get back? It was yeah. like a really weird kind of thing. And we were eavesdropping on this one. Yeah, so Faye's kind of watching from the top of the stairs. Yes. And, uh, but this conversation is filled with, with good stuff. Yeah. So Sigurd starts the conversation. He says, now I see why you came down to the surface. To Satan. Now I see why you came down came to the surface. Came down. And now this is important <laughs> for me because um, throughout this game, you don't really... They don't hint at what exactly is going on here. So when people talk about going to the surface, my thinking was that they were beneath the surface. My thinking was not that they were above, right? So well, when you thought they were underground. I thought they were underground. And I think I even mentioned that in a couple of podcasts where I said, yeah, there's some people underground <laughs> and then there's the above ground people, the surface people. Um, so it seems as though the surface dwellers are, it, it's, it's the, well, the people who are above the surface dwellers are the up in the sky, they're not underground. Uh, because he says go down to the surface, but that was the first time that I had thought that they weren't like underground. <laughs> yeah, so like there's, I guess it would depend on what you'd seen. Aside from seeing the floating yeah, but I didn't UFO know, I didn't looking city was. thing floating above, yeah. aside from that, there's only that optional piece of dialogue with the guy at the carnival yeah, who talks which, about all of his research into the people f in the flying yes. thing. Yes, and whatever. that was fine. I even still thought those were a separate people. Like a separate from, I thought that people. was like a separate, like, oh, those are the gods, those are the aliens, those are uh -huh. the angels, those are, and then the the Ugend people are underground, and then we're <laughs> on the surface. I, I, I had you. a way of kind of separating, separating it in my mind, that. but they are, it seems like they are one of yeah, the same. Yeah, one of the same. Yeah, and so, so Sigurd and Satan were both from from Solaris, Solaris, from this city yeah. in the clouds, or something like that, up up in the sky, or possibly beyond that. But so he says, yeah. "Now I see why he came down to the surface." All right, I understand you, but Karan Ramses taking over the post of Ave is pretty annoying. So they're worried. Mm -hmm. Sigurd, in particular, is worried about the fact that Ramses is here. Yeah. And so Saitan says the home country might have some special reasons, and Sigurd says, "Yeah, obviously." And then Saitan says, perhaps, but perhaps there's still a chance of success. You and I, who used to be called Elements at the Commander's Training School, Jugend, are both here. Now, this is a, one of the most blatant, as you know, dialogue examples. I know. Examples as you I, know, I've we seen. both <laughs> went to this school and were called this name, yeah. <laughs> like, remember, remember how we went to Jugend and we're, we were Elements once? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I remember. <laughs> of course. <laughs> we, right. we who are Elements, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's anyways. That's that line is written for the audience's, uh, per, for the audience's sake only. So what is it's essentially the reveal that Saitan and Sigurd were both from that same Yugend military academy that Ellie comes from. Right, because she went from Yugend as well. Right. Um, so I guess I assumed they were, but now you're bringing up there might actually be multiple Yugends. No, there's only, there's only one. But okay. <clears throat> well, okay. Then they are from they're the from same the same one. one. Okay. <laughs> I thought that, but I just thought it sounded like maybe there could have been multiple. But yeah. Okay. So, so they come from that same military academy. They trained and they became what are called elements. Mm -hmm. um, they don't give too much of an explanation of what elements are at this time. Uh, we'll we'll see this more later on, but it, for now, you can just assume that's a pretty like elite like level. Designation to become yeah. an element. It seems uh, in the Gebler Force is like like a foundational. Like you're kind of you're thing, like yeah. you're like top notch warrior <laughs> material yeah. at that level, right? Um, <clears throat> uh, and then Sigurd says, "I hope you're right." 
And then Saitan says, by the way, she is still, and like kind of lingers on that. And then Sigurd says, according to Faye, there was a female aide on Carr's side. And he said that she had indigo blue eyes and hair. So it must be her. So they're concerned about Miang. So it's not just Ramses that they're worried about. They're also something about Miang that they're like, yeah, she's here too. And, and, and Faye described, well. it described that she had this okay. indigo blue hair or purple Miang's hair. Miang's just, right? kind of, just kind of hanging in the background, it seems, we get, at the moment. At the moment, Miang is... Like, like, there was that one shot where uh, Ramses really like came down on Vandercom or whatever, and then, yeah. and then he's walking with Shakan, and Miang sort of remained behind a little bit to talk to him, mm. and then she like caught up she to them. Caught up later, but she seems to be observing. But we yeah. we do get another clue here that she has something that she's plotting herself hmm. um, when she talks to Graf. Yes, a little bit in later, this playthrough, you know, we did get clued into Because Graf is like kind of pissed that she's getting involved like, too. Stay out of my place. So you have and she's like, hey, I'm just I'm Graf's waiting. pissed that she's here. Saitan and, and Sigurd are worried yes. that she's here. And then Ramses probably has some, although it seems like they're in a relationship, and that's why yeah. they're together at the moment. But yeah, so they're worried about her. Yeah. Um, Saitan says so. All the old elements members are on the surface world now. Okay, and this is what I had got from this, was that there are four four elements, elements mm -hmm. at the place. Yes. And all four of them are here. There are... But he does say earth, former. Earth, wind, fire, water, what? There are right. the four elements of... Uh, all the... Or, or not former, but all the old elements members are on the surface now. I think you could mm. read that as former. would probably be more correct. Katsute. Uh, Katsute no elemento. So... If I look at Katsute, that means once. So it would be former. Yeah, it former. would be once. The once, yeah, the former. That's what I thought. Not old. Because it makes more Katsute sense. Doesn't it makes it, it makes more sense, and it makes it, it makes it clearer. All yeah. the former elements members are so on the surface now. Would there only be one element at a time? No, there's four elements at a time. But well, okay, sure, I got you. But like, there's one element team at a time. It's like a team. Okay. Of four. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So there's the, so okay. the former four element members are now all on the surface. Okay, and we know Does three that... of them: Sigurd, Ramses, and Satan. Yeah, we don't know the fourth right now, but that person is also on the surface. But they they did suggest somebody. I actually had a different thought there. Uh, so does that mean that there are four current elements? Yes. So there are the formers, and yes. then now there's currents. There's now. a different group. So of there four are essentially elements. like eight elements now. Yeah. Okay. But these are Interesting. like Interesting. they're like okay. I don't know if you call them like he's not like Ramses is not de de designated as an element anymore. Now he's right, he's former and chief now. commander or whatever sure. of Gebler. But cool. so so there's four elements. We okay. will we will meet these characters many okay. times later. Great. Um, so, anyways. But Saitan and Sigurd and Ramses used to be elements. Um, so then Sigurd says, I guess so, Huga. To be honest with you, she scares me. And he's talking about uh, Miang there. She supports Carr and is kind to anyone. I know that very well. But sometimes I felt a strange fear in her. That bothers me more than Carr being in this land. So he's more concerned about Miang than he is about Ramses. And he's concerned about Ramses. He's very concerned about Ramses. <laughs> Saitan says, that cannot be true, not in her. And Sigurd says, yeah, I don't want to believe it either. But don't you remember how I could always sense these things quite accurately? 
<laughs> that was good. Yeah, it's kind of a funny line. It's it's strange yeah. the way it's written, right? I one but, thing, <laughs> I I I think I need to read slower <laughs> and more carefully. <laughs> I thought they were talking about Ellie this whole time, not Mian. Not Mian. When they said there's oh, but there's a woman. Oh uh, yeah, they mentioned somebody helped them escape. Is that right? No, they, I, don't, I don't think they said that. Okay. They didn't, may not have said that, but they mentioned that somebody was there w when they escaped. Is that, or something more or less? It would be right in this conversation. I don't think it's in this conversation, but I do think, th I think I kind of remember here. that. Um, Cause he according says, to Faye, there was a female, was a female aide, aide, on aide side but when it says aid With indigo blue eyes and hair. Yeah, yeah, but and hair, I thought they missed a word there. I don't, I, and I couldn't remember at least eye color, but I was like, okay, but here's the thing. According to Faye, there was a female aide on Carr's side. Yeah. So a female aided us, but was on Carr's side. Oh. That's Ellie. Oh, yeah. No, uh, there's... Now, aid I, is probably the wrong word. It's it's like a, a subordinate... Advisor. Or, or advisor. Or yeah. freaking, like, wife. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on between them. It seems like they sleep in the same bed, they, not wearing they, clothes They're together. in a relationship, but they're Very not much married. so. Okay, girlfriend, something, whatever. Yeah. But... When it says there was a female aide, and then they're like, "Oh, she's nice to everyone." <laughs> I'm sorry. I You're thought reading it, that as Ellie. I thought of this was Ellie. I thought they were referring to Ellie this whole through this entire conversation. I did not get that it was Mian. Yeah. So it's just the indigo blue eyes and hair thing. Yeah. So the idea is indigo blue eyes and indigo blue hair. That's yes. the idea. I that <laughs> indigo blue eyes, and she also had hair. Yes. Indis indiscriminate. We're not talking about the color there. Just she and, also had and hair. hair. <laughs> No, I don't know why. I, I brushed... <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I brush this stuff off because I read it and I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. Next. Like, I yeah. just don't... Because here, th this is maybe one of the problems of a game when people... When people say, oh, a game was... The translation wasn't done thoroughly and yeah. properly, you end up with mistakes that, that aren't mistakes but that the reader might think are mistakes and hit next and sure. keep going. So for me, that's because up to this point, the dialogue has, for the most part, been great, and I'm not knocking Richard Honeywood or anything, but it's been weird at parts. And often I will just be like, oh, that's weird, and not think anything. Once, once my head says, oh, that's weird, but, you know... Dialogue translation yeah. not so good. I, I end up brushing things like this off, as like, oh, that's weird. They didn't mention red hair. Oh, okay, whatever. And then just next, right? Oh, like I, see. I, I don't think. And also, indigo is kind of like a purplish color, yeah. and young is more like I'd describe it more like blue. And so she has purple hair, I would say. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was weird that they described Fair it as enough. indigo blue because I was like, her hair is fetching purple. Blue. Oh, I thought it was blue. Maybe there's a there's a difference in in the, <laughs> Hold the version. On, let's we're take playing. a look at Miang. But okay, it might be purple. It might be purple. But even still, indigo kind of could be like a reddish. It's like purple. I know that, but it it didn't seem that off for me um, to have assumed. I mean that's 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 purple, but it's very blue. It's purple blue. <laughs> it's, it's indigo not, blue. It's not the same color as their eyes. Look her eyes there. Yeah, her eyes just look blue. Here's what they should have said: blue eyes and indigo hair. That maybe would yeah, have made me rethink it. But when they said indigo blue eyes and hair, and knowing that the translation's been shaky this whole game, I just I wasn't able to catch things that I ought to have caught. Yeah. And then they go on to say things that are very indicative of Ellie, yeah. that she's very kind and oh I'm worried about her and she's here too. Oh no, that's weird. And we know Ellie went to Ugand and so but she's here too. Yeah. 
it just all kind of worked with Ellie and not Miang. I don't want to talk about this too long because I'm wrong, but I feel like there's something to, I didn't have these problems as much in the first few playthroughs. In this playthrough, I'm misinterpreting oh, things with the left other, and right. the other games that we played? Or, no, with, or with the, the other, the other parts. this game with other parts. Now oh, there's okay. been parts where I'm like, oh, I thought they were saying something else or whatever. It's happened so far almost every section that we've gone through here. And um, I feel like the reason is that I'm I'm not reading carefully enough and because the translation I'm is just, not great. I'm skipping things I ought not skip. Okay, I, I, I don't actually, know what to... Um, I actually think that you shouldn't feel too bad about that because I have continued to say I didn't mm. remember that this was revealed or that this seems right, so obvious right. because I think that that... What you're saying, there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. No. There is something funky enough about the way people talk at times yeah, it, that make you go, get confused and go, well, I don't get it, whatever. And They'll, you don't have time it later. to just look, exactly. I'm sure yeah, that yeah. I'll get this if I just keep going kind sure. of a thing. I think that maybe yeah. that, that that happens at spots and it can, the game is so dense with information. And there's and a lot of reading, yeah. And a lot of names to remember and a lot of, mm. not even just names of people, multiple but of places. Names. And of Some people have multiple names. Factions <laughs> and people have multiple names yeah. like, like he, uh, Hiu and mm-hmm. Saitan. There's a lot happening. And so at any yeah. point, if it's you're feeling overwhelmed and there's a line, because there's been at least, while I'm playing with uh, the, the patrons, right, mm-hmm. like four or five times where I've stopped on a sentence and be like, let, like let me reread it. that again. And trying to like piece, like, yeah. okay, I think, okay, yeah, I get it now. It's There's enough mm-hmm. points where the dialogue is still a little stunted yeah. or just not written very well. And uh, I, I can see that being something that can create a lot of confusion, especially for 10-year-olds playing this in 1998. <laughs> oh my gosh. Not to mention <laughs> someone who's however old I am. Yeah. I well, I mean, well, in 1998 when it came out. Yeah, so for sure. We, that's the age we were, you know, 10, right. 12 at the time or whatever. Yeah, so that would confuse them. I'm just saying, even now at my age, <laughs> this being the first time I played the game, it, yes, it's still, it's still, so still confusing. confusing. It's still confusing for me. Right. Uh, but I guess it, it's kind of meant to be confusing, but I don't think it was meant to be confusing in this way. Yeah. I think I was supposed to know it was Miang, but they didn't say her name. And so I just kind of, you know, started thinking something yeah. else. So anyways, they're worried about Miang. Um, and, and Sigurd is, is mentioning some kind of ability to be able to sense things. So let's take a look at that part again, knowing they're talking about Miang. Right, Sigurd's like, I have a good... Um, or I can feel things accurately. He says, to be honest with you, she scares me. She supports Carr and is kind to anyone. I know that very well, but sometimes I felt a strange fear in her, in Miang. That bothers me more than Carr being in this land. And then Saitan's like, no, that can't be true. Not in her, right? So this is vague, this is vague, but he's talking about the fact that he senses some kind of fear in Miang. And Saitan's like, she's not scared of anything. Maybe like it's like she's not afraid. It's they're clearly trying to be vague around what it is about her that Sigurd is sensing and is yes. worried about. But clearly they're like no, it, but it can't but be. So, whatever Which it is, is the way that um, Ramses was talking about us. No, it can't be. Could it be? Yes. Like time of the gospel kind of stuff. Yes. Where it's like it's weird enough. We don't get it, but they have. They're thinking of something that's supposed to happen. Yes. But they don't know who it's going to happen to. I guess. Yes. And whatever it is. And the fact that Sigurd seems to feel like he has a 
an extrasensory ability to sense this kind of thing. No. I'll put it that way. Well, if he says, I felt a strange fear in her, does that mean that he felt the fear, like I'm afraid of what I felt within her, or I feel that she's afraid I don't, of something else that's I within? don't want to take what we I have see, clearly demonstrated. To, but what you we've know, clearly demonstrated you. is a faulty, at many points, yes. translation, but, and read too much into a word like fear. Maybe you yeah. can look at what it says in Japanese yeah, instead suppose, of fear. I suppose. But I'm just going to say he senses something about her. And, and Sigurd mentions this a little bit in, in the scene that's coming up too. He has this sort of extrasensory ability to sense things. And this is why Solaris took interest in him and they, like, they did experiments on it. Um, he has this sensory ability outside of the normal senses. Okay. So I don't know what the word they use in Japanese for fear is. But what I'm saying is, he senses something about her, and Saitan doesn't seem to want to believe that it's possible. Okay, okay hold on. This is, this is, this is interesting. So I feel a kyofu, and kyofu means fear, but this is saying, so I, as for me, towards the girl, orewa, that means I am the subject of this. So me to the woman feel fear. So he's feeling I fear about I have fear her. about the woman. Okay, yeah. that makes way more sense. So the woman doesn't have fear. The person who has fear so instead is Sigurd, who's like, I have some weird fear about her. Instead of saying, sometimes I felt a strange fear in her, he should say, sometimes I felt I have felt a strange fear about her. I think about would make sense. Yes. Because the way it's written, it sounds like she's the one who's afraid, but he's fearing about something, something about, about her. her. Which and makes a million times more makes sense. Makes way more sense. <laughs> way more clear in the Japanese. And, and, but Satan is, is denying it. And it makes more sense that he would deny it. Because, well, like I mentioned before, I'm like, is Satan saying no, she's not afraid of anything? Yes. He's well, saying that would mean she's like an android or something. Th- what it is you're sensing cannot be true about her, yes. is what Satan is saying. Yes. Uh, and then so Sigurd's like, you're yeah, of. but I, yeah, I don't want to believe that either, but you remember that I'm pretty good at sensing these things accurately, right? Yes, so it was like, his sense of yes. the fear. That's, yeah, so that, then, that hammers at home. That's and then, and then This Saitan, all makes way more sense now. <laughs> and then Saitan says, right. And then Sigurd is, I don't want him to worry until we know exactly what Solaris' objectives are. He's talking about Bart there. I don't want Bart to Ah, worry. him to worry. Sure, sure. But I have to tell him eventually, though. Anyway, Hugo. Uh, have you gotten any information? And Satan says, not really. I left there before getting into the center section. And I don't believe Satan. When anytime <laughs> someone asks him for information and he, and he goes, it. yeah, I don't have any info, actually. Sorry, I don't know. It's a pretty, I just know everything in the world. It's a pretty but what good you want to know? That, I don't have that. It's a pretty good clue <laughs> that he's probably just hiding information. Yes, he's <laughs> hiding from everyone, but he's collecting from everyone. And yeah. usually that turn, or that um, signals an alarm in people that like, oh, this guy's a spy or something. But yeah. he's collecting info the way that, you know, people with nefarious purposes do, but I don't <laughs> believe, and I, I would hold even through this playthrough, Satan I still think has some noble purpose, but okay. that's what I think so far at the moment. Okay. Um, okay, and then at that point they decide to go to Nissan well, or Nissan. Yes, but I have one thing here because this is hilarious. This is more a, a more comical anecdote, uh, but 
Bart, <laughs> Bart, when he, Bart shows up, because we're kind of eavesdropping in on the conversation. Oh, right. And um, we're just like, what in the world's going on? Like, Satan and Sigurd are having a very strange conversation about things that are way over our head, but that's weird. We didn't know this about Satan. We didn't know this about Sigurd. Bart shows up, and he's like, hey, Faye. And we're like, shut up. Stop it, Bart. And he goes, sorry, Dari. <laughs> sorry, Dari. Did you think? What did yeah, you think it, when well, you read that? The, as soon as I, th- what I thought, what came to mind is Dilly Dally Shilly Show. Yes, but, there you go. Yeah, from Advent Children. Advent Children. So what he says in Japanese is suman, 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 which suman is short for suman nai, which is short for sumimasen, which just means sorry or excuse me. Like, yeah. you know, it's a normal thing to say. Suman, suman. It's very rude or it's very informal. As it relates to saying sorry, suman, suman, suman is a relatively normal thing for in, in an informal setting. Yeah. Sorry, dari is not someone anyone says ever. And so I don't, I have to take qualms with this translation yeah, it's a weird. because it's like, while, while the Japanese is a, a, you know, relatively normal thing to say, the English, and I don't know, anybody from Australia out there who maybe has uh, some insight, do they say sorry, Dari, in Australia? I've never heard that. You would never say, take suman and translate it to sorry, Dari. You would never do that. And I understand um, Honeywood's... Um, what I mentioned last time, where he's got the formal and informal, and he's trying to show us without saying it out, you that know, that this speaker. is informal. Yeah, but I, I just, I really, I really didn't really like that. Don't choice. like it. Yeah. yeah, I don't like that choice. Sorry, well, Dari. I've never heard anyone say sorry, Dari. Before. In my freaking life, never. Yeah. This might never. be the one instance in all of human history where someone has written or uttered the word sorry, sorry, Dari, ever. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we're completely wrong and there's like a whole freaking... That's what I'm saying. Is this an Australian thing? Because he's from Sydney. I oh, don't, that's a good point. I don't he's think from so. Australia. He is from there. They say some words differently, but really not, not much. I mean, I'm not necessarily inundated in Australian media, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've seen a you've lot seen, of Australian... You've seen Crocodile Dundee, right? Did he say sorry, Dari? No. no I'm just joking. That's... I've seen some Australian stuff. And... Never yeah. heard him say that before. Yeah. But it's a I'm weird wrong. thing to say, but in the Japanese, it's not weird at all. So, Kay. anyways. So, uh, they go to Nissan because they're going to take Margie back because she's the, she's like the mother of yes. the whole set. Bart calls her, Bart called her the great mother, something like that. Yeah, it's, I guess it's an inherited yeah. title, kind of like a Because she's young. She's like yeah. really young. Right? Like How a old is she, do you think? Uh, she, she's a couple years younger than Bart. I'd say she's 16. Okay. So he's 18, she's 16. Okay, sure. She looks a freaking lot younger she than She looks that. like 10. She looks 10. <laughs> she looks but quite young. But this is a Japanese RPG, and that's how they roll. Sure, sure. But sure. She, I think she's 16. Okay. So um, She's wearing baggy clothes, so it's kind of hard to yeah, tell her figure, I guess. Yeah. So she is the holy mother of the Nissan sect, of the whole church, basically. So does that mean she's um, like the spiritual leader, or is she like the administrative uh, leader? Like, I, does she I administrate? Think, I would think, well, maybe the title is both, yeah. but I would think at least the spiritual leader. I That seems but, probable, yeah. Yeah. It, okay. It, I mean, at least that, but I would think probably both. It seems that Mother yeah. Agnes or Sister Agnes is, is someone who's sort of probably like... Probably administrates. Trying the, to, like, train her into the role. Oh, I see. Okay. Right, okay. she's, like, trying to, like, prepare her to yeah. become that. And yeah. in the meantime, she's probably the one running things at the moment. Yeah. But, you know, training Margie to pass uh, that role on to her. Because uh, sure. she's the heir of that role, right? Yeah. So they take him there. Or they take her there. And so we kind of stop off. Um, 
Nissan's an interesting little town. Yeah, it's There's cool. It's not quite as cool as I thought it was going to be, <laughs> given what, um, I want to say Bladovic, but what, what's the city called? Um, yeah, Bladovic. The, oh, the, Bladovic, okay. The main uh, capital of Ave. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was so blown away by that uh, city. It's a cool town. And this has a similar thing where there's multiple instances and it's kind of, you go up into uh, like a central place, but then there's the, you know, roundabout area. By the way, this city looks um, similar to Atlantis, like in the general design, given the, yeah. the ring of water around it. Oh, uh, right. And then mm -hmm. the city and then the uh, sepulcher type thing, the whatever it is in the very middle. Um, it gives me kind of an Atlantis kind of feel. Yeah. So um, there's a couple things you can do in the town and people you can talk to. Um, one kind of interesting, there's, there's like a house you go into and it's just like a bunch of artists and paintings and things like yeah, that. Yeah, that was interesting. And oh yeah, that's right. A, you can go talk to a guy who's like, oh, well, you're an artist too? And Faye's like, uh, no, yeah, you're not. Yeah, I wonder but why he like, said no. But like on the table next to it, he sort of notices some like tools, uh, like paintbrushes and things. He's like, man, it's been a while since I've like painted. Yeah. Um, but he's kind of just like, playing it, off it the almost, fact that he's an artist himself. Yeah, it yeah. almost seems to me like he's he's left his former life behind. Like yeah, he's maybe. he's come to a point where he's like I no longer do what I used Associate to do. I'm not that person with anymore. That person. Yeah. You know, it, partly cuz he doesn't want to be that person. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, part of like his um, a big step for the character in the last episode we talked about was was when he decided like I don't know what my path is but I'm going to find it in going with you and helping people. And yeah, I think you're I the think right that people was a good, to do that. Um, and so he's kind of yeah, concentrating cool. now on what's my new purpose in life. And he's yes. not really thinking about yeah. who he used to be or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So um, anyways, uh, lots of interesting NPC dialogue. There is um, like a town hall meeting happening. Um, and, and it's like the, the elders of the town are kind of gathering and... It's actually mm. a really good scene where they, they're all concerned because it's like, okay, Margie's back, Bartholomew is alive, mm -hmm. um, what are we going to do about this? Because right. Shakan's going to be pissed that they escaped. N Nissan is like neutral, they're, they remain relatively yeah. neutral yeah, in the they're, war. They're, they're not engaged in the Kislev, Kislev Ave, Ave war. Yeah. Okay. That, and I so it's that. like, you know, what do we do? Like, they're right. going to come here. Yeah. And we're going to have to be involved in some way. What side do we take? Mm -hmm. What action do we take? There's a lot of deliberation yeah. between different people there who have a lot of different concerns. It's all pretty well written and it's all very convincing yeah. as to like what would what realistically would be the concerns yeah, of Nissan in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. And Bart's kind of overhearing this and he's like, yo, let's not tell Margie about anything you just heard. I'd like her to like have a happiness yeah. for a little bit longer and be it's reunited with the sisters this. at the church and not worry about the fact yes, that her arrival here right. has now compromised Nissan. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's not she tell her that. kidnapped on purpose, yeah. Or so, for a reason, right? Yeah, it's it's a good scene. It's a really good scene. And it, yeah. it, it kind of just keeps that lingering... Uh, it's like a lingering doom on on the mind as, like, mm -hmm. as you're doing all this, it's like, yeah, but at the same time, like, we escaped... It's like we felt successful at having c completed what we intended mm -hmm. to do there, but yeah. we might have just doomed Nissan at the same time. Yeah, so it's like everywhere Faye goes, he's kind of bringing some negative energy there. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, One way or another. So anyways, um, as usual, you know, talk to everybody. Go see as much as you can. Yeah, There's it's a cool It's a cool town. It's, it's cool just not town. quite as, as things cool. to do ridden as Vladivik. <laughs> 
Um, <clears throat> but what I really love here is when you actually get to the cathedral. Oh my gosh, beautiful, my gosh. This is like pixel art. <laughs> well, it's 3D, but still. Yeah. Like it is just, it is, it is exquisite. It's it is so good. Really, uh, one of my favorite, again, architectural pieces yeah. in the game. I, I really like Saiten's house. Oh um, yeah, yeah. That it's was a really, good. That it's was cool. a really cool design. But this this cathedral yeah. is really, really cool. Um, so you have like the sisters there who are like singing, and they're, so the music that's playing is diegetic. It's like they're yep. singing a hymn. Yeah. And you hear a choir singing, and then as soon as Margie walks in, they stop, and then yeah. they come running to greet her, like, yeah, "Oh, Sister yeah. Margie's back!" That part yay. was cool. That part and, was great. And the, yeah, a lot of warmth yes. in the conversation there between the sisters yeah. and. Um, really, really liked that. Or, or just a really nice uh, little scene there. Sister Agnes, uh, you know, just so happy that she's back. And Margie's like, this is weird. You're supposed, You're supposed to be scolding to, me. Yeah, tell and, me what to do. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, correcting me. This is not normal. I, yeah. I need you to, like, scold me to that feel was normal. Touching. And at the very end, <laughs> as they're leaving, Agnes does tell her one thing. Yeah, and she's like, that's the Agnes. And she's like, there we go. Like, right. hey, get, get, get on, like, get, get dressed or something. I can't remember. Yeah. So, um, anyways, Margie's like, hey, let me show you around. So you kind of follow her up to the second uh, floor, the landing up there. And um, I think Seiden puts it really well here. Uh, in <laughs> of describing, course he does. In describing the himself. beauty. Because we're talking about how cool the cathedral yes, is. Yes, He says, yes, this is breathtaking. Light from outside shining through the stained glass of the cathedral's front. What a brilliant piece of artistry this is. And that's how I felt from the second, because a lot of cool camera moves is they looked through that paned glass and the beams of light coming down yeah, into the Yeah, which they literally 3D modeled like a beam yeah. going down Yeah. To, because that, you guess you couldn't do it any other way. I, I, they probably don't have any real-time lighting on it. Yeah, if you walk screen. into it, you're, yeah, it's kind of funny, but um, yeah. Yeah, it's probably like a transparent uh, <clears throat> uh, poly polygonal model. Yeah, just a bunch of cylinder, right. cylindrical <laughs> thing, yeah. Um, anyways. It was uh, good, that was cool. Really, really cool. And then, of course, you have the, the statues uh, that are, are like the featured um, symbol there uh, on kind of the, what do you call it? What do they call it? The pulpit <laughs> area? Pulpit, uh, altar, yeah. Altar, the, altar. Yeah. yeah, and above it. It's a, they're, they're suspended above it, yeah. Right. So they go up to the top, and this is where Margie starts to explain the, sim the symbolism of that, of yeah. the statues. Now... Before we can break down this dialogue, um, this is the right time, I feel, to bring up Carl Jung's influence on okay. Zemeckis. Sure. Uh, I, I started feeling it when um, Satan started talking, and he was yeah. like, oh, this is what, oh, this is Nissan's, like, this symbolizes the whole ideology in one image, you know? Right. Yeah. So um, lock in here for a second and stay with me. Okay. We're going to talk for a little bit here about uh, Carl Jung and some of the things like some of his theories and, and what yeah. he was known for, um, why he was such an influential figure in uh, psychology. Yeah. Um, it's going to take a little bit, but like <laughs> it's enough. all important groundwork and context to sort of understand the pinnacle, central, thematic message of Xenogears. This is it. This yeah. symbol of the two angel figures and what Carl Jung's theories that Takashi and Saga were reading and talking about at the time, mm -hmm. this is what they took from him and inserted into the game as their core message. This is what Xenogears is about. Hmm. So I feel it's justified to elaborate Fair a little enough. bit. <laughs> Fair enough. So um, 
Carl Jung was a Swiss psychiatrist and psychoanalyst. Well, he was more a psychoanalyst earlier on in his career, but he sort of broke away from Freud a little bit. Um, yes, well, it was particularly over the ego, I think. They had yeah. differences in what they the disagreed. ego was and what it meant. Right. Yeah, I think Carl Jung ended up winning out because I think most people um, will, when they talk about my ego or inflating your ego, I think they're yeah. typically talking about Jung's definition, not right. Freud's. Um, and so Jung founded um, a field called analytical psychology. Um, and, and, and essentially, his theories within that field diverged mm -hmm. from Freudian psychoanalysis. Um, and yeah. so for many years, the two had corresponded and collaborated and worked together. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, Freud was hoping that Jung would be like his protege. Right. Would sort of like Take carry the, the, yeah, yeah, carry the... The torch. The torch on <laughs> yeah. from him. Yeah. Um, but it didn't end <clears throat> up working out that way. Um, and as they began to disagree more and more, there was a schism mm. in their relationship. It became fractured. Uh, Jung, or, um, Freud did not have a lot of kind things to say about Jung yeah. later on. <laughs> um, yeah. They both felt like the other person could not admit when they were wrong, which is typical of highly educated um, yeah, intellectuals. Sure. sure, You tend to get a form of pride yeah. And it, it does become difficult for those people to admit they're wrong. They become really, especially when they're developing yeah. like a new science or a new field and, and they become very attached and yes. like the, the, their legacy is attached to these ideas. Mm -hmm. And so it's like they, there's kind of an inherent bias in that where you can't their be ideas wrong have to win. because your yeah. legacy will be diminished. Yeah. So analytical psychology, the field that Jung uh, sort of invented, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's a theory of the mind that emphasizes the importance of wholeness uh, for each individual, um, but it also stresses these sort of cultural archetypes. Um, mm -hmm. And this is related to the, um, uh, the collective unconscious, which we'll get into in a minute. Sure. But that the, there's these symbols yeah. or these, these universal archetypes. Um, across all of humanity yeah. that play a, a large role or a part in each individual's sort of like psychological development. Yeah. If that sounded like a lot of like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Don't worry, I'll explain it. But I'm trying to like put it in the simplest terms I can at the start. <laughs> right. um, so some of the major concepts and contributions that um, analytical psychology has brought to us today, like some of the things you'll probably recognize, the terms you'll probably recognize mm. if you've studied psychology, even all, or some of these things you don't even have to have done that. So the collective unconscious, sure. what I just talked about, I'll, I'll get into that a lot more in a minute. Uh, individuation, uh, synchronicity, archetypes, the persona and the shadow, um, the anima and animus. Now this is the key thing, the yeah. most important. Put a huge red circle around anima and animus. <laughs> this is huge for Xeno years. Yeah huge to understand the purpose of the story. But also, introversion and extroversion, those terms were, they came from Jung. Yeah. And we use those all the time, right? Everyone knows about introversion and extroversion. It's like a thing everyone knows about. Yeah. Everyone accepts that. Yeah, that was part, because Jung was all about taking, um, well, the opposites, the duality yes. of man, right? You've got the conflicting parts of humans yes. that are always at odds. And there's a lot of that in Xenogears. There's a yes. lot of oh my opposites gosh, yes. and, yeah. yeah, so. 
Um, but also the Myers-Briggs uh, type indicator. So oh, okay. the, the personality Myers-Briggs thing that Breezy's all into. Yes. That is uh, something that came from analytical psychology that came from Yeah, that makes sense. Jung. I don't know if Jung, Myers-Briggs, Myers those Briggs, are the names yeah. of the scientists who, the psychologists who came up with it, I think. Yeah. But they, they were of the same field. The influence right? there, okay, gotcha. Um, okay, so let's talk about what the unconscious mind means, right? So the unconscious mind is more or less like a, like a pool or a reservoir of feelings and thoughts and memories and urges that are not within your conscious awareness, but that influence your behavior. Um, yeah. A lot of people probably refer to this as the subconscious mind, right? Yes. So it's like there's something that's like, even though you consciously are not thinking that or whatever, there's just something about you that kind of like nudges your behavior in a certain way. This is mm -hmm. classified as the unconscious mind, right? Sure. Um, Jung takes that, because Jung didn't love the, the id superego and then the ego chooses between the two. It didn't like that kind of structure, so he just said, no, it's just your subconscious, then you're, you're kind of conscious, and then yeah. you're total conscious, right? And so he just kind of structured it in kind of like a linear... Yeah, like three levels. Yeah, instead and of the way the Freud had it, which, yeah. The unconscious part is the biggest part. Yes, it, and it, it kind of gets smaller as drives like ninety percent of what you do is right. is yeah yeah exactly. But this would be comparable to what Freud called the id, right? Right. Um, and so when when he talks about collective unconscious, right, this is the really interesting thing. Um, he's talking about part of the part of your unconscious mind, mm. your personal unconscious mind, that is like connected to or is derived from like ancestral memory. Yes. 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 Right. So, for those of you who played the Assassin's Creed series, ah. the machine that Desmond Miles gets into that, is like, called the Animus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I never made that connection. I never made that the connection. The machine is called the Animus, That's and it great. allows you to access the memories of your ancestors. Wow. This entire idea of the Assassin's Creed world and plot mm. is pretty much Jungian Ancestral memory. That is, I, right? that is crazy. I never thought of that. So it's like you're connected to not even just your ancestral memory, but like all of mankind's collective unconscious. Yes. Yeah. And this was his way of sort of explaining how you get these really similar archetypes yeah. within totally different cultures who have yeah, similar, separated, yeah, yeah. similar myths mm -hmm. in their, uh, you know, their history or mythology or whatever. Like Noah's Flood is common in many different yes. cultures. Noah's Flood is common in, you know, of course, the Middle East and that area, but it's yeah. also, there's stories about it in China, there's stories about it in America, which is yeah. like, like, like the Native Americans. Tens of thousands yeah. of years. Yeah, Native Americans. Right. Tens of thousands of years separation from right. each other, yet still developed these, these, uh, this mythology that is very similar to each other. Right. And so it's like their, their thinking must be aligned to something to that is similar. Exactly. Right, right. I'm just trying to not <laughs> use that word again to describe it. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So, but it's true. All over the world, even the most isolated civilizations have similar mythology despite yeah. not being in contact. Yeah. And, you know, this was also his way of explaining, like, the fact that a lot of, there's a lot of animal behavior that mm -hmm. you can observe where it's like, there's no way that that was learned. Yes, That they animal just, was they not just, taught to do that. Yeah, they just instinctual. instinctually mm -hmm. know to do this. Yep. Um, 
there, there's like certain things they've observed in moths, but it's like, there's a lot. There's a lot of examples yeah. where animals are born just knowing how to do things and they were not taught. They did not observe a, a, a parent or someone else doing it. They just know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think there's a, a term called like tab, tabula rasa or something like that. Mm -hmm. it, anyways, it's a whole idea that, that Jung was kind of against that, which is that, you know, it's the nature-nurture yes, argument yes, of course, in of science. Course. Is this something that they, that's by nature, by instinct, genetically, they mm -hmm. inherit this? Or is it something nurtured, they're taught, um, this is a behavior that, that, that develops because of the circumstances in which the organism or the person is in, and right. they learn this behavior. Right. Right. So there's, there, there's always debates. Yeah. on those things. So Jung would say there is a large amount of the collective unconscious that cannot be removed. It yes. is always there, it will always be there. Yes. And it's it's like we have evolved to be this way and this is how it is. Right. The, a, a big problem for, well, certain ideas that people have with humanity's progress into the future, this is something that they will have to contend with. Yes. Which is humans baser instincts but not just the instincts the way that we all kind of want certain things we all want right. like the last podcast or i think the well, maybe two podcasts ago you mentioned something about how like you have a bunch of kids you eventually get to eight billion people <laughs> on the planet and it's yes. like okay at some point you can't just keep having kids yeah. because you're going to have 25 billion 30 100 billion people <laughs> and if we colonize it. the stars it's like okay fine there are ways out of right. the problem I'm not saying it's impossible, but at some point it's like, if, okay, but, but you, you have to overcome this. You have to yeah. overcome the collective unconscious if you want to convince everyone to stop having kids or something yeah. like that or to have less kids or something right. like that. At the moment it happens through like technology, but yeah, this is like, this is seen as an obstacle, but I, I choose not to see it that way. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, we talked about the genetically inherited part of it, mm -hmm. um, but that, that can shape personal experience. Um, According to Jung's teachings, the collective unconscious is, a, is common to all human beings and is responsible for a number of deep-seated beliefs and instincts such as spirituality, sexual behavior, and the life and death instinct. Now, hmm. part of this was influenced by uh, an experience he had as a boy. I found this really fascinating. Hmm. So I'm just going to read, I just kind of copied it over um, from another source, but says, as a boy, he carved a tiny mannequin into the end of a wooden ruler from his pencil case and placed it inside the case. He added a stone, which he had painted, into upper and lower halves and hid the case in the attic. Periodically, he would return to the mannequin, often bringing tiny sheets of paper with messages inscribed on them in his own secret language. He later reflected that wow. this ceremonial act brought him a feeling of inner peace and security. So he, he just did this. Hmm. He just found himself carving a little mannequin into his ruler and putting in a case and he, and he put a little rock in there and he painted the rock and he'd come like bring hmm. messages to the mannequin that he had carved. It's like an idol. He like right. basically created an idol. He created a thing that he, he could offer, uh, offer things messages to yeah. in this language he invented. That would possibly do something for him back, I suppose. Uh, and he said, he said that this act brought him, this ceremony, he, it brought him like inner feelings of peace and security. And then, years later, he discovered similarities between his personal experience and the practices associated with totems of like sure. in, within indigenous cultures, mm -hmm. um, such as the collection of soul stones. Um, yeah. 
So that's true. People like to find a nice, smooth, shiny rock, and yeah. that's their rock, and right. they have it. It's theirs, and they keep it. So he concluded that his intuitive ceremonial act was an unconscious ritual, which he had practiced in a way that was strikingly similar to those in distant locations, which he, as a young boy, knew nothing about. Yeah. So, wow. Again, just because we're bringing up this stuff and talking <laughs> about it does not mean we espouse the same ideas right. personally, right? Like, there's or a lot of things. Or it doesn't mean that this was a scientific experiment right. with a control <laughs> variable and that it was properly it's not done. Very empirical. Yeah, it's anecdotal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I don't agree with many things, you know, that Jung taught in theories. Yeah. But I do think that there's a lot of value, like like. Um, as I'm doing this research and as I'm remembering from, uh, you know, the psychology classes I took in college and mm. stuff like that, um, because had I not gone into social media, psychology would have been my second ah, choice. Okay. So I've always had like a, a really strong, passionate interest in psychology. Cool, cool. Um, but anyways, you know, I, I'd stay behind with my professor like way after class, just like oh, going sweet. over the textbook. And I'd already read like three chapters ahead and, <laughs> nice. and like talking with him. But so I, I really find it interesting. But anyways, just trying to make it clear, like we don't we don't necessarily believe all the same things he did. It's just yeah. interesting within the context of Xenogears and understanding the story of Xenogears oh, yeah. to to know what Takahashi and, and Surya Saga were reading and the ideas that they were borrowing from. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I, I just find Jung a fascinating person, and that oh, story absolutely. I thought was really cool. So now let's get into the anima and the animus, right? So. The anima and the animus are archetypes that are part of the collective unconscious, which is inherited, mm. right? Um, and one represents the feminine, which is the anima, and then one represents the masculine, which is the animus, right? So the and you brought this up actually in uh, episode two of the podcast, the yin yang yeah. symbol, right? Oh yes, absolutely, yeah. So you have in those little circles that are the opposite color within like the larger circle, right? Yes. So you have like the white side with a small circle that's black, and you have the black side with, with a small a white, white circle, circle yeah. in it. The idea here yeah. is that each side has a little bit of the other mm -hmm. within it. Within it, yeah. Okay. And that's the idea, and that it can't be too great or too small, there needs to be some type of balance. And the reason that line isn't straight is because the divide between the two isn't always so obvious. Yes. And there is some of each and the other. Yes. So this would be where the idea of the animus being like the circle within the thing, like the bit yeah. of the one side within the other, the masculine within the feminine. Um, whereas the line itself would be more like like the the um, well the the aeon idea, which is yeah. the conflict between the two, how they both occupy, but they're kind of it's not a straight line. It's not so obvious. It's not so obvious or clear where the divide is. Exactly, yeah. Right. It's, but it's there, and then you skip the divide to some circle, but but they're proportionate. I'm, I'm glad you there brought this up. There needs to be up. a proportionate amount of each, otherwise um, the system kind of doesn't work. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up, because I think this is another important thing to use as some kind of precursor to this, right? So, like, Jung was talking about this stuff Jeez, what, 70, 100 years ago or whatever? <laughs> and some of this was written in the 30s. So, and... this is a long time ago. Yeah. Um, obviously, in at least uh, Western society at the time, the way that they viewed like binary genders is very different than how we do today. Uh, sure. So, but, but you, you, I don't want you to, it, let's say, um, you know, 
to throw everything Jung is suggesting here out the window based on the fact that today we, align with we, have, we have a more, you know, more of a sliding scale for like gender identity and not so much a binary look at yeah. it, right? Don't y throw Jung, it out. Jung would not love that. <clears throat> Don't throw but. it out. Don't throw it out because Jung even suggesting in the, the culture of his time that a man or woman has part of a feminine or masculine in Within them each other. was kind of a radical idea at the time itself. I, in the West, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was pretty yeah. progressive for the time. Obviously, I would say probably, things have yeah. changed since then, but... But the yin could, and the yang has been around in the East for so right. long. Right, and that's, that's why I want to... But why in I the want West, to, it was a yeah, different... That's yeah. why I want to make sure and yeah. clarify in Western culture yes, of yes. that particular time period. In that particular time period, Nazi Yang Germany, basically. Is thousands of years, obviously. So the yin yes. yang symbol has been way older than that. But yeah, yeah. my point in bringing this up is, like, I still think some of this stuff can be useful or interesting or that you can apply it to, mm -hmm. you know, uh, kind of where you're at in your own development in life, right? I think some of these ideas are still useful, but don't just throw it out because, oh, binary gender. Oh, he's um, backwards. He's, right, like yeah. you could say when he's talking about men having, needing to develop the anima or the, the inner female opposite, right? Right. Um, you could also see that as a masculine woman or whatever, right? Like you sure. can apply both ways, or you could say that there's like a sliding scale. Most people are probably a little polar in terms of like I yeah. identify Certainly. more to this side or I identify more to this side. But like yeah. you're saying that yin yang symbol line, it's not a straight it's not line. Straight. There, there is conflict. They're constantly pushing each other yeah. in different areas. And if you imagine these um, circles kind of pushing with their influence a little bit, it would have that exact effect. If this one starts pushing here, this one pushes here, and before you know it, you've got that shape. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So there's not like a, de a defining line here that we need to <laughs> ascribe or whatever, but, yeah. but you know, wherever you fall on that sliding scale, it's important to know that the inner opposite is an important thing to develop. That's the theory of you. Yes. So wherever you fall on that scale, d develop the inner opposite to become a yeah. mature, fully developed ego. Is it, the point. It, it is difficult to do mm. philosophy without any boundaries. Sure. It's difficult to philosophize about anything. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm sure many people have done it. But it's difficult, especially 100 years ago, <laughs> which is what this game is based on, for people to philosophize on things without having any definition to those things. And definitions sure. are, are boundaries. Yeah, you know? so like yin and yang. They're rules. Um, I'll probably put this on the screen. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, yin and yang here. Do, 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 do. Right? Like the characteristics of the masculine oh, yeah. and the feminine. Yeah. So in the masculine, you have external doing, purpose, goal setting, enacting an agenda on the world, personal agency or autonomy, rationality, logic or intellect, word for that being logos, logos. Uh, individuality, transformation and change, stoicism, analytical prowess and discernment, direction and commitment. Hmm. On the yin side, the feminine side, you have internal being, and these are kind of opposites, right? Being as opposed to doing. Right, yeah. being as opposed to doing, internal as opposed to external. Awareness of the present moment, connection to the unconscious, embracing paradox and cognitive dissonance, exploring the, the mysterious and non-rational. Notice there, this is important by the way, it doesn't say irrational. Yes. Because, it, and this is in, um, this is in connection with the 
uh, personal agency on autonomy? I would say it was actually probably more rationality, yeah. So yeah. the male is rational, the female is not, you would think the opposite of rational is irrational, it's not, right. it's non-rational. There's actually a very important distinction, yes. because irrational means, means, means it is completely void of rationality, <laughs> yes. right? Non-rationality means it's just not rational. It, like, um, like what words I choose, I may not have rationality behind which words I necessarily more intuitive choose. Or it's more just, it, it's not irrational. Yes. It's just not rational, right. right? Like there are certain, like 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 with religion, there's a lot of elements within religion that are considered non-rational, not irrational. They're just not rational. But, you know. Because, because it's a connection to the unconscious. Exactly. It's embracing paradox. Exactly, you know, it's, it's, it's and mystery, and there's and things that you can't explain. Exactly, and exploring how you feel about that, and right. and that leads you to a non-rational explanation, not yes. irrational. I just I know that some people might not Take love that, that the, the feminine way. is is not categorized by rational as ra rationality, but it's not irrationality; it's non-rationality, which right. is which is different and a whole a whole different thing altogether. Right, and again, if you're you know if we're talking about sort of like modern gender theory. Feminine does not have to mean woman, and masculine does not have to mean man. But, That's true. but defining fact, these things as the masculine and the feminine, so that we know feminine, this is the things represented there. Yeah. You will have parts of both in you. Exactly anyways. within yes. And that the whole point of this is that mm -hmm. you're learning how to develop the inner opposite, whatever you identify as. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, anyways. Yeah. Keep going. Then. Exploring the mysterious or non-rational. Eros, uh, nurturing and caring, Eros being the opposite of Logos, I think. Oh, well, Eros um, is more like heart, it's more yeah. like love, it's, uh, right. whereas, yeah. Uh, number eight, connection to wisdom. Nine, uh, emotional intelligence. Ten, uh, un unconditional love. Eleven, respect for the earth and its creatures. And twelve, dark, mysterious stillness. Yeah. So, that's kind of like some of the uh, traits of the masculine and the feminine, or the yin and the yang. Yeah. And if you are a man, or say masculine woman, or you, you identify with stronger with the masculine, right. right? It's important that you have, that you develop your inner opposite, which would be feminine as well. Those traits of the feminine are also important to develop. That yes. little black circle in the white. The little black circle. The idea, if you focus on that circle too much, it grows too big, it overtakes the whole, and right. you end up with an imbalance again. Right. So you need to, or, or it's like the 80-20 rule. <laughs> what's called a, an anima possession, or an animus ah. possession, as Jung would put it, hmm. if you do that, right? If you don't develop that's, it correctly. That's, um, that just <clears throat> throws off balance. Right. Um, integrate is the, is the word that he used. So he believed that it was vital for every person to integrate that feminine or masculine side and not repress them away, right? Because if you do that, like, you know, otherwise, if you were to repress them, they're going to become a part of your shadow. Mm. And they're going to get projected onto other people, particularly your uh, opposite gender, in really negative for ways. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So if you're a man who represses your feminine side, the way that you treat women will not be very good. I think that's <laughs> right. Yeah, like you won't sense. understand femininity. Mm -hmm. You will treat you women as objects. Yeah. You won't be able to communicate with them. It's right. not good to repress your inner opposite because sure. the way that you treat women will be really bad. The flip side of that is true as also. A healthy ego 
requires this integration of your inner opposite. Um, and when the anima or animus becomes fully integrated, that part of you, that little black circle or white circle, actually acts as a mediator between mm -hmm. your conscious and your unconscious mind. Mm. So you're able to sort of access this unconscious yeah. and have peace with it and like become inspired and-, and Possibly have some more control. More wisdom. Well. Yeah, you, sure. You, you develop sure. wisdom, yeah. right? You become like a fully matured, complete and whole yeah. person. Wisdom specifically, for men, uh, wisdom is often um, symbolized by the feminine, and I think you read it on the list with the yin and yang. Yeah. But if you think about it, like um, the like the the name Sophia, something we're going to talk about later. But yes. Sophia means wisdom, and Sophia being like a Greek goddess, the goddess of wisdom. Mm -hmm. Also, the triforce of wisdom <laughs> is held by Zelda. Uh, the idea that the feminine is in is in control of wisdom is like. A, a, a uh, well, it's part of this whole thing that, that yes. it, to access wisdom means to access, you know, the feminine side if you're a, if you're a male. So you're right on cue, because the four stages of anima development. So mm. someone who identifies more predominantly in the masculine, right? You're, yeah. you're, you have the anima, the black dot in the white. There are four stages to developing that anima. The first stage is Eve, right? Uh, says the first is Eve, named for the Genesis account of Adam and Eve. It deals with the emergence of the male's object of desire, yet simultaneously generalizes, generalizes all females as evil and powerless. Hmm. Uh, the second stage of development is Helen. It's an allusion to Helen of Troy in Greek mm -hmm. mythology. In this phase, women are viewed as capable of worldly success and of being self-reliant, intelligent, and insightful, even if not altogether virtuous. This second phase is meant to show a strong schism in external talents, okay? Um, lacking internal qualities. Mary is the third stage. And in this phase, named after the Christian theological understanding of the Virgin Mary, which is Jesus' mother, at this level, females can now seem to possess virtue by the perceiving male, even if it's like a, a strongly dogmatic or esoteric way, right? It's, it's, mm. It's not like totally complete, but it's, anyways, you're starting to get there. Insomuch as certain activities deemed consciously unvirtuous cannot be applied to her. And the fourth stage is Sophia. Right on right? you. Sophia is the <laughs> final complete development of the anima. Yeah. Right? The fourth and final phase of anima development is Sophia, named for the Greek word for wisdom. Complete integration. It's actually where uh, philosophy comes from. Yeah. So philo, meaning love for something like that, and then so S O P H Y Sophie yeah. is Sophia. So uh, love of wisdom is philosophy. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So complete integration has now occurred, which allows females to be seen and related to as particular individuals who possess both positive and negative qualities. The most important aspect of this final level is that as uh, the personification wisdom suggests, the anima is now developed enough that no single object can fully and permanently contain the images to which it is related. So, the reason we wanted to bring all that up, about the anima and the animus, the balance between the two sides, and mm -hmm. particularly with the inner opposite, um, 
and Sophia being this sort of like fully integrated anima, our main character here is Faye, he's a man. So yeah. developing the anima is important to psychological wholeness for the character. Mm -hmm. We're going to be introduced here to an ancient character named Sophia, who is the mother of the <laughs> Just Nissan. Just so happens. The mother of the Nissan church. She yes. established the whole church. Yeah. Okay. All and not that long ago mind. either, right? 500 years. 500 years? Yeah. So we'll get to that in a minute. But now that we've laid down all of that context, let's go through some of the dialogue as they're looking at this statue of a, a male and a female uh, angel figures, each with one wing. So Marge, Margie says, did you notice that the two great angels only have one wing each? According to a legend handed down in Nisan, God could have created humans perfectly, but then humans would not have helped each other. So that is what these great single-winged angels symbolize. In order to fly, they are dependent on one another. Very important. I'm going yeah. to let that sit with you, the cool. audience. I'm not going to continue elaborating on that until we get more of this as we go. Okay. But based on everything we've talked about, just contemplate on that, what Margie says there, right? Okay. Saiten says in response to that, ah, so that is the reason for it. I see. On further inspection, the left angel looks somewhat masculine, while the right one looks somewhat feminine. Now that is an unusual feature, is it not? Usually these depictions are not gender specific, but these angels are clearly distinguishable as having opposite genders. And the space between them is the path from which God advents, or from where God advents. Where or it comes into being, yeah. Or it could be the path leading to God. Well, I don't know. It could be either or even both. Now I see this is all this all coincides with the the teachings of Nisan. Again. I'm gonna let that sit with you, but I, I just love it. I just love it when like you have the context. It really starts to come together a little bit. Yeah, something here. Um, it's not just light in between them. There's actually, I believe, am I wrong in saying there's a fire? There was a fire kind of on a torch in between the two of them. So yeah, yeah so we get these, these candles. Are beautiful. Yeah, shots, you're right. By I think the way. there is a fire. Yeah, I think there's a flame in between. In between them. the two. You're right. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. So there's a fire in between the two of them. Okay. So I want to speak on that somewhat. Kay. Yeah. So the fire in between the two of them, it's not just light, it's actually a physical thing. It's, it's an object. And they say fire was man's first piece of technology, the Promethean kind of like idea. And it's uh, fire is like the emergence of like man's ability to, to become like God. Like that's where it all yeah. started, right? So God is there. But there is, uh, Satan's leaving one out. Um, he says the space between is the path from where God advents, advents, meaning that's where he comes into being, is in between, or uh -huh. it's the pathway to God, the pathway in between them to God is in between both. Um, but looking at this in a little bit different way, it's actually uh, the fire also could be an obstacle in between the two of them, sure. right? So that there is, there is something keeping them from meeting together. Okay, I just want to throw that out there as a possible idea. Sure. Um, okay, so Margie, says, why, Dr. Saitanizuki, you are an amusing fellow. Yeah, he was talking to himself that whole time. He was just <laughs> like going on, just all. This so is, exciting. oh, excuse me, it's a habit of mine. 
And Faye says, Doc knows a lot about a lot of things. Sometimes mm -hmm. I can't even understand what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was playing, I was like, you never understand what he's freaking talking about, Faye. No, he's always confused. Poor Faye. Bart says, ha, huh, forcing them to fly together. It would be less bothersome if they could just fly on their own, don't you think, Faye? Is As Bart if, like, reducing bother is God's point. <laughs> it's like, oh, I want well, less bother. Well, it, Bart might be um, repressing his anima a little bit oh, with that yes, sentence. Oh, yes, definitely. Right? Uh, yes. So, so Bart is is taking the idea of you need men and women together, the, man, the female, to the masculine and the feminine together to find the path to God. Yes, right, or the path to wholeness. Mm -hmm. and, and he's like, and Bart's like, what a bother! Fly together, like, wouldn't it be better if you just fly on your own? Like, don't you think so, Faye? Right, uh, you're he, missing he's, the point. <laughs> he's repressing his anima a little yes. bit there. Yes. I feel. Uh, Margie says, Bart, you miss the deeper meaning and the beauty of it. Someday, I wish I could be of help. To someone like that. Oh, um, we haven't visited the room of Sophia yet, have we? You're really supposed to go through some procedures before you can see it, but no. this time I think it'll be all right if I make a special <clears throat> exception. They always make exceptions for Faye, always. Remember yeah. when the Alice is getting married and they're like, usually we don't let men in to see, but <laughs> but here you right this way, we'll Faye. We'll let you do it. <laughs> yeah. it. He always gets these exceptions, and this exception I don't think is very Likely, I don't take this to be very well. Likely Margie is an exception. Margie is the mother That's of the true. Nissan church. That's true. So she can kind of just make decisions. But like you this, know how think? we look at this, and we're like, geopolitically, this makes sense. This makes yeah. sense why these countries would be competing for resources in this way, and yeah. the water in the desert, and uh, unearthing the gears, and the geopolitical landscape of Nissan trying to be neutral, but there's a war going on right next to them. It makes sense. Like it all comes together and makes sense uh, to have this this ancient religion and the head of it be like, holy of holies right this way, you uninitiated fellow. I don't care. If it was you a should, nobody who's cares. in charge. Nobody cares. Okay, Maybe. she's young. I guess so. I guess that's a good point. Maybe Sister Agnes wouldn't have been into it. Sister but. Agnes would definitely not have done this. I don't think any religious leader would have ever done this. Um, given like, and that's, I kind of said it right there, but this is essentially the holy of holies. And she says, you're supposed to go through some procedures before you can see it meaning you are supposed to cleanse yourself and all this stuff. Typically, I would assume that you would have to be a, a believer. Yeah. <laughs> religion might be the first prerequisite. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, anyways, right up we go. So Margie says, uh, Sophia is, the revered, or is revered as the founding mother of the Nissan nation and the founder of the Nissan religion who set forth its teachings. There's a special room upstairs that has a portrait of Mother Sophia in it. Yeah. And uh, Saitan's like, oh, we'd definitely like to view that, Faye. Let's go have a look at it. He really <laughs> wants Faye to see this painting. Of <laughs> Faye. a woman. Saitan always knows what he's doing. He always knows what he's doing. Nothing yeah. is a coincidence. Nothing is a oh, happenstance. Saitan knows what he's doing. <sighs> he wants Faye true. to look at that painting. And so they go in and Saitan says, oh, what an exquisite portrait. And the beautiful young lady portrayed is quite beyond comparison, too. What's more, this looks rather familiar. What do you think, Faye? Uh-huh. <laughs> Faye says, yes, I was just thinking the same thing. The hair is a different color. Actually, it doesn't really look like it's a different color. I don't know why he thinks it's a different color. Um, maybe I need to look at it again, but I think... It's she orange like hair and brown. both. I thought she had like more brownish hair. It was just kind of sepia tone. Let's take a look at, take a look at the old. Um, okay, Sophia paintings, you know, gears. I, just, I thought yeah. her hair was orange in the painting too. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's brown. Yeah, it's but like it brownish. Looks, it looks orange to me. Yeah, and he's comparing it to Ellie, right? What happened? 
Oh. I want to see it up close. You're right, but I would, I would. It looks, I mean, this color it looks of Ellie's color. portrait and this color of Sophia, that looks like the same color hair to me. Am okay. I crazy? Okay. Am I colorblind? It's, it's close. It's close. That looks like I, I would the have called color. Sophia brunette, whereas Ellie's red. But it's like really not that different, I guess. I I, I thought it looked the same. If I'm colorblind, audience, let me know. But <laughs> apparently, Faye seems to think that They're the hair color different. is different, but that she looks a lot like Ellie, right? So, anyways, he says the the hair is a different color, but the atmosphere of personality about her is exactly the same. And Saitan's like, "What hair color? What do you mean?" He has to know what he. Faye says, what do I mean? Look, it's the girl I met in the forest. It's Ellie. I mean, there's something about her that's just like Ellie. Don't you think so? And Saitan says, yes, now that you mention it, she does resemble Ellie. But that's not what I was talking about. <laughs> I meant that the brush techniques and overall style used in this picture is similar to yours. So the painting style of yeah. the mother of the Nissan sect is painted in a style that Faye paints him. And Faye says, really? And Faye uh, uh, does it? First of all, I'm nowhere near uh, as good an artist, right? Mm. And Saitan says, no, it is very, he's like insisting. Nope, he's telling it him. is very he's similar to He's not asking, he's telling us. It's very similar to your style, but somehow I can sense an atmosphere of sadness in this picture. She's smiling, but in a way gives the impression that she's anxious. Perhaps the picture is reflecting her inner self, or perhaps it's the inner feelings of the artist being conveyed. Hmm. Ah, if you look closely, you will notice that the painting is not completely finished. The artist put his brush down when it was near completion. Why is that? Um, let's take a look at the painting real quick, because you can kind of see that in the corner, right? You can see it's not quite finished down here. Yeah, in the bottom right, yeah. But, and notice anything about this? Uh, she's got a cross necklace. That is the same yeah. pendant that Faye saw in Lahan. And that sure in I the cutscene when it was like in the desert in the desert yeah right, that Ellie it's there was and wearing, then you see the woman so this could be could be the woman could be her <laughs> um, at least uh, as far as we know at this point we don't know for sure but she has that pendant and um, very interesting. Saiten is strongly suggesting that Faye had something to do with painting this. See, I don't know what to make of this at all. Just keep it in mind. <laughs> now, if this is like some now, now, sci-fi the stories, there's the time middle, travel involved. <laughs> in the middle of this, there is a flash, because when they're leaving the, yes, they're leaving the room, something. Yeah. Faye turns around and looks at it again, and then it flashes, and it shows, as far as we can tell, Faye. Wearing the, same clothes, wearing the same painting clothes, same hair. the thing. Yeah. And Sophia sitting in a chair. Yeah. And she says, Lacan. She yes. says, Lacan, and then it cuts away. Mm. Lacan was, a, was another famous. Yes, um, that's another reference <laughs> to Jacques Lacan. Yes. We'll get into huh. him more in another episode. Okay. Uh, that would be another hour. Also similar to the Lacan. town of Lahan. Yeah, the, the name Lahan for the yeah. town, yeah for the village in the beginning. Oh, that's interesting. So, but she calls him Lacan. Okay. Don't know and, what to make of that. Uh, and then you leave that room. Um, Wait, so, hold on, because we talked about the red-haired dude. <laughs> but anyways, all right. Oh, you mean the, the, the red-haired warrior who beats up the guild? Yes, and how I, I was... 
So we've so in phase past, we've got a, a red-haired person. We have his childhood self, but then we also have like like an adult person that we're seeing now that he has memories of. That's yeah. that is him, but in a different. There's like lots. There's lots of um, things in his head, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, anyways, <laughs> don't have anything to actually say. I'm just um, to Let me just go through the rest of this dialogue, and I actually okay. think we're probably going to cut the episode here because we've been going on a long time, and okay. there's still a lot more to talk about. Um, uh, okay. Margie uh, says, I don't know, but my grandmother might have known about it. Oh, what if we ask Agnes? She may know something. All right, then, I'll be with Sister Agnes. And then Bart says, well, shall we head back to the town for now? And Saiten is like, all right, but he, he wants to talk to Agnes first. He's like, can I speak to her before going back to town? Bart says, yeah, that's fine. Uh, we'll stop in her room on the way out. Um, and then Saiten says, uh, is something wrong, Faye? Because Faye looks at it and has that vision of painting. Yeah. Right. Uh, you look like you're daydreaming. And Faye says, huh, no, it's nothing. And then they go down and talk to Sister Agnes. And she has a couple of interesting antidotes here. Anecdotes? What's the word? Antidote is different from anec anecdotes. Anecdote. Yeah, anecdote. I'm thinking of the word anecdote. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anecdote. Uh, Sister Agnes says, I understand you were shown Sophia's portrait. Um, who knows how she feels about that because there's supposed to be protocol before going in there. Yeah. The lady portrayed in that picture is Nissan's great founding mother. Some say that it was painted at least 500 years ago. At least. So <laughs> it was painted 500 years ago, but Faye was painting it. What's going on with that? Yeah, that's Sighton says, 500 years ago. Now that is quite amazing. Personally, I find it intriguing. Do you have the historical material from that period? Or any historical material from mm. that period? He's looking to see if they have any records. Yeah. Now, remember, ethos pretty closely controls the... Yeah, what's, what's the religion of Nissan's relationship with the religion of ethos? Um, different things. They're separate, right? Yes. Because I notice Nissan is almost... It, well, it's all women as far as I can tell. It's founded on worshiping a goddess, a female goddess. There's a bunch of nun-looking women. The leader currently is a girl. Yeah, it's like a Margie. matriarchal. Yeah, kind it of seems uh, like structure. Whereas the ethos, I think one person was called a cardinal, and there, yeah. we've only seen men. I'm pretty sure the, the ethos. ethos has a different because that that symbol for Nissan you saw there was oh, the, the, cross. The, the the cross pendant. Oh, okay. And ethos has a different one. I'll put this on the screen for people to look at. Ethos has this as their symbol. Oh. Hmm. I don't recall seeing that. Okay. So uh, this says Nissan is a country, but there's also... I don't want to read this out loud in case there's spoilers in it, so hold on. Okay, don't worry. <laughs> uh, Look away. Anyways, yes, they're different things. We'll just leave it at that. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, but Ethos controls most of the records, so he's trying to find out, you know, do you have any records about the founding of uh, Nissan 500 Nissan. years ago, right? Sister Agnes says, um, in our hands, there are no such records left intact. All records and materials concerning Sophia have been lost. The portrait is the only thing left. We too do not have much knowledge about her. Sidon says, that's too bad. Um, so there really is nothing left at all? And Sister Agnes says, for someone who has helped Margaret, I would have loved to share them, but unfortunately, I am unable to help here. Um, Sighton says, oh well, none the matter. Uh, please don't worry about it. I was just inquiring. But 
It does seem somewhat strange if such a majestic building as this survived history, then it is likely a scroll or two would remain too. Sister Agnes says, according to tradition, Sophia was present about 500 years ago. She sacrificed herself for the people and has been summoned to be with God. That's all I can tell you. Titan says, I see. So everything was lost in the darkness of history. Okay. Hmm. So there's so much that has happened here. Let's, I'm going to try to recap the important things to try to remember as you continue to play. Aside from all the anima, anima philosophical side of it that that is related to the theme, right? Sophia was the founder of Nissan. She looks exactly like Ellie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she has the little pendant that makes uh, Faye go crazy. Hypnotizes, yeah. Uh, He loses it when he, you know, the swinging pendulum thing. Um, And apparently Faye painted this painting of Sophia who lived 500 years ago yeah. and they have no records about her other than she sacrificed herself. And and even weirder, Satan knows all this. So. And Satan is probing <laughs> Faye to look at it. He really yeah. wants him to see this and he wants him to think about it hard. Now I'm thinking about this maybe too heavily from a religious perspective given like I'm trying to find the religious principles of Nissan here. Yeah. I find it odd that the Holy of Holies is dedicated to the founder and not to God when the religion yeah. acknowledges God, saying God called Mother Sophia back mm-hmm. to be with him or her, I suppose. And But the religion is, is has a Holy of Holies, which is the most sacred part dedicated to her, not the higher being that, to it, that called her, right? Um, that religiously, just given general religion theory, <laughs> if that's uh, even a thing, let me, that doesn't make sense let me say to this. me. It's not, it doesn't seem very Nissan is separate from the ethos. Right. right? Uh, what the ethos considers God. Oh, right. I guess that's probably the part I'm missing. Is but w- whatever Nissan considers to be God, they've, they've let it be known that it's separate from this woman that they worship. Yeah, so they don't worship Sophia as God, but Sophia was the founding mother. But I was so... And the path to God in the Nissan sect is for men and women. The process The balance of of the feminine and the masculine. That makes sense. But the Holy of Holies containing nothing but a portrait of a a person and no clear signifier of any... What God is. God type, yeah, is just... I found that to be a little interesting. Keep... Keep your th- thought on that. Like, remember right. that and just keep it in mind okay. as you keep playing. Um, okay, we're going we're gonna to stop there Cool for this episode because I think we've been going for, we're, we're coming up on an hour and a half, two hours, and we've got a lot more to talk about still. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to switch over. Um, we're going to record it now, but I'm going to have to split this into two. Okay. Um, so thank you for watching. Uh, appreciate all of you out there in the audience. Hit us up in the comments with any of your insight. Um, Kaysen has been avoiding the comments section a little bit. Yeah, I actually didn't read it for this last video at all. <laughs> avoiding spoilers yeah. uh, in the comments section. Um, I'm looking at them uh, and keeping tabs on some things because people have been mentioning some things that um, I want to talk about, but not yet. So, for instance, uh, people are talking about like Saitan's name maybe having some similarities to... Shaitan or Shaitan, Satan. Oh, um, oh, interesting. So Shaitan. Okay. I don't want to address oh, that at this moment. I want to address it down the line more. 
Okay. So if I'm not responding to comments, don't get discouraged. There are certain ones I'm saving to respond okay. to later. Um, but there are a couple things we've missed, like, um, I don't know how, I had it in my freaking notes and everything. Um, I forgot to mention the Luca cameo in Lahan, Luca from Chrono Trigger. Literally, oh, the character the Luca from one. Chrono Trigger is in Lahan Village. And I was just like, I, I had it in my notes, I just skipped yeah. over it by accident. Um, but anyways, uh, I'm seeing these comments, I will yeah. address them. Okay. Um, but there are certain ones that I don't want to hit now because sure. we need to hit them when when they're more there's a more revealed or when it's more relevant yeah. or something like that. Okay. So we'll get to it. But thank you for watching. We'll see you again next week. Peace out.